Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. That's a trade right there. Holy moly, guys. This Bears trade. Trading down from the 101 to the Panthers for a slew of picks, including the Panthers first this year, the Panthers first next year, and they tack on DJ Moore on top of all that. The Bears, Bears did the right thing here in my opinion um i've seen a lot of conversation going sort of both ways although most people i've talked to i think are pretty much agreed that the bears did the right thing and that this was a a great trade for them but the panthers it really comes down to whether or not the gamble that they're making here to go and get their preferred quarterback uh pays off for them if that ends up being the guy that will be their quarterback for the next half a decade or more. So that's the big if for the Panthers. It's entirely possible we look back at this trade and maybe view it differently after the Panthers make their selection and we'll see how the the quarterback they draft does for them. One thing's for certain, if you can latch on to that that franchise QB, it's it's well worth the 101 plus. It's funny, after the trade was made, it it sort of to me uh was a bit of a a, a mirror for the 101 in Dynasty Superflex Leagues. We all know it by now, anyone that plays Dynasty, that it's it's Bijan season if you have that 101 pick. And that's probably still true in in a lot of cases. Uh, generational RB talent, Young can take over pretty much any team he goes to as the number one guy, um, besides a few fringe cases that, that aren't super possible. Bijan Robinson is a, a very stable, safe one-on-one selection still. I, I really do believe that. Although, being ranked on a lot of different sites, on a lot of fantasy managers' personal rankings, being ranked as the number one RB in Dynasty before he's even been drafted to a team... Uh, that's hype for sure 
um, whether or not it's 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 justly deserved, that's that's an argument. Um, it's a debate that can be had. He's obviously got a lot of appealing traits, the the youth and the profile, uh, what he's been able to do in college, all very, very impressive. But at this point, with where he's going in Dynasty Superflex mocks and just where people have him personally ranked at this point in time, look, let's let's go back a step here. Let's let's talk about a few other generational RB talents that as a rookie, I mean, people weren't looking at at Jonathan Taylor as the consensus number one RB overall uh, coming into the NFL draft before he was taken by the Colts in the second round. People weren't saying that Saquon Barkley was the RB one. So what this tells me is that people are assuming that Bijan Robinson is going to be is a better prospect than Saquon Barkley or Jonathan Taylor. And look, I love Bijan. Bijan, apologies. I love Bijan, but to say that he is a better prospect than either Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley. I'm not so sure. I think Barkley clearly above in terms of the athleticism, in terms of his definition of a generational talent RB. I would rather have Barkley. I could make a a hard case that I'd still want Barkley over Bijan right now. I think I'd probably end up siding with the youth with Bijan, but it's, pretty close to be honest to me that top five rb mix is very nebulous right now it's it's difficult to define you've got a lot of good young players in that top five although i think christian mccaffrey would probably slide in there as well but he's on probably the best offense in the league to do what he does and score fantasy points so i think that is sort of the the outlier case there but the rest of these guys i mean barkley again yeah a little older but generational talent generational athlete you have ken walker super young on an offense that loves to rush showed what he can do last year even while missing a handful of games to injury kind of a freakish injury nothing that should be worrisome long term with him hopefully Brees Hall, obviously fantastic, obviously great athlete, tears his ACL, still very young, already showed what he can do. Maybe it'll take him a little time to recover from the injury. That's sort of your only worry with Brees Hall. But you have these four guys, and then you have Bijan. So if we're talking about Ken Walker, Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Bijan, and you're saying that you would take Bijan over all four of those guys. Well, I'm just not convinced quite yet, I think, personally. There's always the possibility of a Trent Richardson outcome. And that's something that people have to really keep in mind. Not to say you shouldn't take Bijan number one overall. 
if you, especially if you need an RB on your team, that sort of cornerstone piece. But with the height being this high on a guy that hasn't taken an NFL snap, are we looking at a possible window here to sell that one-on-one for, I mean, think about what you can get for a Saquon. Think about what you can get for Brees Hall, Ken Walker. If we think we can actually get more for Bijan, I find it to be a pretty interesting debate on whether or not teams that are pretty set on RB should consider trading down and accumulating more picks. Because it really seems like you could get a boatload for that 101 right now. I think one of the reasons why I feel so comfortable with this as well is that when you look at the QBs in this draft, that could easily fall at the 102, 103, 104, even. Those top three QBs, in my opinion, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Maybe Bryce Young and Will Levis are a little flip-floppy depending on the spots they go to. It was probably Bryce Young at that three. CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson kind of flip-flop for the one-two in my opinion right now. I think it will all come down to landing spot for them as well. With the chance of one of these QBs hitting at the 102, 103, 104, if you could do a trade down to any of those spots and grab a QB instead, you're looking at a guy that's going to have a much longer career than any generational running back. So in terms of value, in terms of getting guys that are going to be locked into your team for forever, in terms of how long dynasty leagues last, it it becomes, like I said, an interesting argument to have of whether or not Bijan is is worth the hold at the 101 or if it's worth trading down to take some of these other guys, trading down for uh, Anthony Richardson plus, trading down for a Jameer Gibbs plus. You could even trade down for a Brees Hall, Ken Walker plus in a lot of cases. Maybe not for everyone. Everyone has their own rankings. Everyone feels a little differently about these guys, but... Man, if you're telling me I can get Ken Walker plus for the 101, I it hey, let's let's talk. But obviously going to get a lot of information in the next month leading up to the NFL draft where some of these guys will be taken. Uh where <laughs> Bijan Robinson might be taken in the first round. Maybe fairly highly. So really excited for the draft, really excited to ramp up and just just get more information about where these guys will be playing the, the first few years of their careers will paint a very large picture for us. But besides all that, we've got a great show for you guys this time. Uh, we are doing things a, a little bit differently as we like to do. In RPG Nation, we like to mix it up and, and have fun. And on this specific occasion, Eric uh, couldn't join us, unfortunately, dealing with a a tough work week. And uh, I think he's got got some golf 
<laughs> he's trying to go out there and and knock in some uh some balls into some holes. Uh, so without Eric on the pod for today, Evan and I have brought in a few ringers into the equation. We've got Matthew, uh, also known as Buster Jacoby. Buster Jacoby, maybe I will. Uh, I'll ask him what he prefers when he when he gets on the podcast. But he's another dynasty podcaster from that dynasty podcast, which I believe is mostly found on YouTube. Um, I'll let him speak for the uh, where you can get his particular brand of podcasts. But very excited to have another podcaster on the show to uh, talk a little bit of free agent news. Uh, since the the season has officially started to open up here. But that's not all, because along with Matthew, we're going to be bringing on Michael, uh, or at Big Barosaurus on Sleeper. I I really like that Sleeper username, Um, to also come in and, and give his opinion on things. And Evan and I will we'll chat with these guys and, and ask him, you know what their deal is uh get a couple of takes from them on these these big free agent moves maybe talk a little bit of uh leading up to rookie draft see if they have any any my guys but that is enough of an intro from me i know what you guys are all waiting for i know what's up you guys probably skipped the intro to get right into the anchor ad which I should mention, uh, I guess for the sake of the sponsor, it is now Podcasters by Spotify. It is not Anchor. It is not called Anchor anymore. They've changed the entire name of the program. Uh, and yet they are still giving us <laughs> advertisement. Uh, they are still paying our advertisement dues for me <laughs> belting out the the old anchor ad and so we'll see if they they change that and i have to re-record anytime in the near future but for now it'll be the anchor ad as i'm sure you guys are all thrilled to hear so thank you for tuning in again to the fantasy football rpg podcast and enjoy this one off by saying like uh you know thank you for joining us michael uh or yeah. big barosaurus on sleeper yeah. we've we've got a, a couple other guests showing up here including evan uh who is a, a regular on the pod but uh we'll also be joined by matthew or buster jacoby uh from that dynasty podcast so it'll be a little bit of a full crew tonight i'm, I'm excited um let me ask you have you done like a fantasy football podcast or anything like that before no this is actually my first one so oh, cool. I'm excited. And when you when you put it up there, I was like, man, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I've always wanted to get my ideas out there. So, yeah, excited. Awesome. Yeah, well, we we got a lot to talk about. Um, we, we were kind of mulling over, you know, how to do this show. Uh, originally, we're, we're currently doing uh, another startup draft, the RPG Goblins 2 draft. Um, so we were thinking maybe we would talk a little bit about that. But 
uh eric who is not joining us tonight another mm-hmm. regular on the on the podcast he's not joining us tonight and we thought we could wait on that until we could all get back together and so instead of that we're just going to go through these news items man we're just going to hit all of these like big free agent signings all these trades that went down including the big bears trade that happened uh just yeah. really get into things and, and talk about it because yeah there's a lot to talk about yeah, there's there's more movement in the league now than there has been in the past 10 years. I mean, the last couple of years, you're seeing big trades, big swings, teams almost playing it like fantasy. You look at teams mm-hmm. going, nope, we're, we're going all in on a rebuild. You never yeah. saw that happen before. Uh, and teams going, you know, yeah, we're, let's go in for it on the championship this year and let's let's pull in as many free agents as we can and let's let's run it. You know, so it's it's cool to see that. I know maybe it's not a direct impact of fantasy, but you know that there's some takeaways from from fantasy football that have leaked over into the NFL. So it's cool to see. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I really feel like it might be a little bit of recency bias, but I draw it to like last year, even of like a a real change in the direction of, of some of these teams really. Yeah. Like you said, just, just going out there and swinging for the fences. I mean, we had the big Mm -hmm. Russ trade. We had the big Devonta Adams trade. um, That seemed pretty significant. And then, yeah, this year with, with the bears trade, especially to cap it off, um, I think we're seeing a lot of that of just, yeah, let's, let's go get it. Or like, yeah, let's burn it all down. Like that kind of mentality. Yeah. I mean, last year we had that, that three big wide receiver trades, which were crazy. Seeing Devonte Adams, Terry kill and AJ Brown all move in the same year was like, Holy cow. That's yeah. a, a, you never saw that before. So it really seems like teams are, are willing to, to throw it all in or, or go a full rebuild now. It's cool. Yeah, too true. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll get into things. But uh, I mean, to start us out, you were telling me a little bit before we we started the recording that so you're you're a fantasy football player for the last you said fifteen years about fifteen years. Yep. Just yep. just started dynasty this year though. Yeah. So last, last year. year, last year was the twenty twenty two season was the first season had two leagues uh, played in one super flex one one quarterback. Um, and as much as I like one quarterback, I'm all super flex at this point. It's uh, it's just more variability, uh, more value hunting, uh, just more fun in my opinion. So, um, yeah, but loving it. Joined the first RPG uh, group this year. Just had our our startup finish, which was great. Ended up with uh, three good quarterbacks. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me ask you for those two leagues you joined last year. How how'd you do? Uh, so one of them, the one quarterback league, I decided uh, just go all in. Um, I made a few big trades, which I was really happy about. Ended up getting Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown. I had Travis Kelsey. Oh, um, yeah. And then I had a bunch of running backs with Dalvin Cook and uh, older, kind of older running backs. And uh, so I went all the way to the championship game, lost, of course, in the uh, the championship game, or actually lost in the semifinals in that one because uh, Devontae Adams put up nothing. Stefan Diggs didn't do anything. Like, it was just, it was terrible. So went all in. Lost it, but still left that team with uh with Josh Allen, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then a first next year. And so I, I played that one pretty well. Um the other league I I did a I tried to do the it was the first one, first startup I did. And I tried to do a uh what is it, a productive struggle mm-hmm. um on the draft. Uh got uh Kyler Murray in the first, thought that was pretty good. Uh Russell Wilson in the second, thought that was great. Okay. Thought I was starting yeah. my team off great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not work, so, but trade, made a few trades. And in that league, I have the uh, 101, 104, and 105. Oh, uh, that's nice. So, and I still have Russ and Kyler. Um, yeah. I have a deep wide receiver core with like Ridley and Sutton and Bateman, London, 
Um, yeah. Had Brent Marquise Brown in there. So, but you know, Ooh, running I, backs I love are, that Hollywood and Kyler stack. That's great. Yeah. But running backs are just garbage. So it's, it'll be interesting to see. Great year for you to, to need running backs. I would say, yeah. um, because yeah. at the one Oh one, I mean, that's an obvious one, but mm-hmm. even at the, the one Oh four, one Oh five, I think, you know, one Oh four, you, you have a strong shot at getting Gibbs uh, who, who should be great. Uh, and 105 yeah. can even get you. I mean, I don't know if he would be pushed up this far, but like a Zach Charbonnet, like that also a very decent running back that you could maybe squeeze out there or even trade back a few spots and, and grab him later. So it's a nice, nice gear to reload on that. Yeah. So that's my, that's my one league that I'm like ready to go in uh kind of attack for a little while. And, and I'll be pretty young in that league. And, and the other ones, uh, just did two startups this off season. Cause now I'm addicted to dynasty. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's how it gets you, man. <laughs> Uh, well, let me ask you too, because uh, you you were talking about your your sorcerer's draft. How did that all go down? You said you got two two or three good QBs. Yeah, so um, I listened to uh, I listened to a bunch of podcasts. I love the fantasy football community. I love the different takes. Um, been watching a lot of trades in five. I don't know if you've seen their podcast. No, I haven't. Um, so that's a uh, Scott Connor. That's uh, uh, Scott Connor, and that's um, uh, Shane Manila, who's a uh, He's on like Dynasty Trades HQ and stuff. And okay, um, Scott Connor has that uh, Dynasty Destination Dynasty is another one that. So he's there. So they come together and they do basically just a trade show um, with a guy Clay. And um, man, I watch them and he he talks about you know you got to get two of these top nine ten quarterbacks. Yeah, in uh, a super flex. It's just so started that out with traded away my second, third, and fifth, and got uh, the one hundred six like um, an eighth and a 10th back. That's right. And so I got Herbert and then ended up with Dak cause I was at the one ten. So Herbert and Dak. And then basically my next pick was take Geno Smith. Yeah. And then he got re-signed. So whoo, that's solid. That one worked that's out. Solid. <laughs> that's no, that's stable. I love that. Cause I mean, you got the, your, your high upside with Herbert and then you got your two rocks with, with Dak and Geno. So yeah. And yeah, that, that, and I took a fire on Tyler uh, Huntley or back up for uh Snoop Lamar and that's uh, pro bowler Snoop Huntley, baby. Yeah. So if he, if he, uh, if he sits out, if Lamar sits out, I'm looking pretty good at four starters on that league. So I, I feel, yeah. Well, uh, well, speaking of sitting out, I don't want you to, to be on the bench over there, Matthew. Uh, but you, you just joined us. Uh, how you doing, man? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, this is doing Mike. Good. Uh, he's a, a new RPG member, uh, just joined RPG sorcerers um and yeah now we have matthew here or uh buster jacoby is it jacoby or jacoby i was wondering yeah jacoby buster jacoby uh from that dynasty podcast a fellow podcaster so really excited to have both of you on uh this is the first time i was just telling michael it's the first time i've had two new guests on the same episode so uh it'll be a fun show i'm sure and pretty soon here i think around the the 5 30 mark we'll be joined by uh my cohort evan uh who's who's a staple here he's a he's a very smart guy has a lot of good takes so i'm really excited to see how you guys all feel about the the crazy news that's been circulating this this past week or so uh with the season finally kind of kicking off here there's there's a lot to talk about so i i don't know if we're going to get through everything but we could certainly try um a lot of a lot of exciting stuff but uh just just on your side uh, Matthew, I was I was giving Michael a chance to kind of uh, talk a little bit about you know fantasy football in general, dynasty football. Uh, what what 
what got you into the scene? What, uh, what are your kind of, uh, what's your history with the game? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, obviously, um, love, you know, listening to you guys, uh, when I get the opportunity to, and, uh, you know, doing a dynasty fantasy football podcast myself, um, you know, respect the the grind and, uh, appreciate, you know, the effort that goes into it. Um, and, uh, it's super cool to actually get on to someone else's podcast and talk about that for a little bit. So, um, appreciative to you guys. Um, yeah. So what got me into it, you know, when it comes to the fantasy football landscape, I've always been a sports fan and baseball is, was my passion for a long time. Um, and I think it's just cause I didn't truly understand football to be honest with you, but I have some some buddies that just harassed me to keep joining. And I think it's because they thought I was really easy, um, like bait to just like, you know, that one guy you want in your league that you can like totally take advantage of. And um, so I joined and I didn't know anything, any of the players except for Tom Brady, because I was a Patriots fan. And um, I was like, you know, I know Julian Edelman and Tom Brady and, and that's about it. And uh, so I joined and I got abused the first week um, in terrible terrible trades i think i traded away christian mccaffrey for like cooper cup and like friggin oh i don't even remember it was just a, a terrible trade i remember because he's the type of person that was would message me and be like hey you know he'll only give you maybe 20 points a week but these two guys together will be 30 points a week so that'll be like a good a good deal for you and i was like <laughs> only looking at the projected numbers yep. and i'm like you know this is great this is great so he got into there and i i finished last and i was like i just don't get it like i thought i was making these like really good trades and i just decided like never again so i just like <laughs> that next year i just like went all in and um just started like listening to different podcasts and getting more involved and um, that was in like a keeper format. And then I kind of expanded into the dynasty landscape um, a couple of years ago now. Um, and uh, that's really been kind of my passion because I just love talking about football now and love fantasy football and all year round just got to be the way to do it. Awesome. Yeah. No, I think that that, uh, that learning curve uh, is, is, it's really steep when you really like first get into dynasty. Um, I did the same thing, like hundred percent. I've joined my first dynasty league, uh, I think in like 2017 and it was just off of Reddit posts. I, I heard about dynasty and I'm like, I, I just want to, I just want to play. And so I joined this random league and yeah, I think uh, some trade I made, I can't remember all the details, but I traded away Travis Kelsey for like peanuts, like, uh, like a running back and a, and a wide receiver. And I was like, basically the, the argument was like, oh, you know, he's a tight end. Like they're inconsistent. Like, you know, he's the best tight end, but like, how much is that really worth? And I was like, yeah, this all sounds fine and good and no no i mean travis kelsey is still like a top 12 like dynasty finisher and so i i just completely catapulted my team and i'm still i will say i'm still in that league and i'm still recovering <laughs> from that trade i'm starting <laughs> to finally put it together i have some good pieces now um i got like Brees hall and javante williams and dj moore and dk metcalf and so like starting to Trevor Lawrence, you know, some, some good young pieces kind of building a foundation there, but yeah, still, still recovering from that bad trade from just not knowing any better. You don't know these like lifetime values until you, you really start playing in a couple of years and kind of realizing your mistakes. And yeah, like you said, listening to a bunch of podcasts, which <laughs> is what I do uh, mostly when I'm listening to podcasts is, is fantasy football podcasts. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, did you, you said you were into baseball. What did, did you like play baseball at all? 
Um, I played a little bit of baseball just like through high school. Um, I was never really, really good, um, but I just love the sport. I think that's just what I grew up watching and, um, you know, grew up playing with my dad. And so, you know, you have that nostalgic kind of feel to it. Um, and my dad wasn't always like a huge football person. He liked the Patriots and we'd watch the Super Bowl and stuff like that. But he um, that was more so what we did. So I was like going, going to Red Sox games and, you know, I went down to uh, Florida and uh, saw um, like spring training a few years um, as well. And I, I live up in uh, New England, up in up in the state of uh, Maine right now. So oh, okay. um, quite a quite a travel down to down to the Florida area. But um, yeah been it's been good i tried fantasy well, baseball that did not work out well <laughs> yeah that seems so i tried i tried other <laughs> fantasy sports too i tried like fantasy basketball and well one i don't know anything about basketball so that was a bad choice on my part but it's just different like it's, it's so many different like well one there's just so many different players and and so positions games. and games the games every day was just like oh boy there's a lot yeah. um but it's funny that you say all that because i i'm very similar i started playing baseball, was really into baseball. I, I used to live in California. So uh, we we had our our pick of, you know, whatever team we wanted to go see, we could see the Dodgers, the Angels, the Padres, nice. and just kind of like make the whole gambit. And I went to a bunch of games, really loved it. And, uh, I, you know, every time football was on, I was like, I just don't really know what's happening here. So I can never really get into it. And then once I think my brain sort of like formed to the appropriate level of like, oh i i get it now like i know what's happening on the field and this is really interesting that's when it kind of unlocked for me and i joined a, a fantasy football league uh, a family league that my friend invited me to in like middle school and that was just the that was the descent <laughs> into the uh the entire addiction um but yeah yeah i and now like i look back at it and i'm like uh, i haven't really been following baseball at all it's just been pure football for me for a long time you know, you guys both sound like so kind of kind of different experiences in terms of dynasty. You said you've been playing for a couple of years, Michael. You you've just started last year, um, so that's yeah. also interesting. Definitely kind of different experience levels a bit. Uh, but it sounds like Michael, you you already have a pretty good head on your shoulders about the whole thing, um, just based on what you're saying about the moves that you're making, the trades you're making. It sounds like you're you're getting a grip of it pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I've I played enough fantasy football that I kind of knew. I don't know, in-season trading, definitely, especially for uh, redraft leagues. But trading is what I wanted to do. And when redraft leagues, you can only get maybe one or two trades a year, it seems like. So I had to start Dynasty. I just, it was an addiction. And uh, listened to a bunch of podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah, and then now it's just getting into leagues and getting my feet wet and trying to figure out, you know, how do I, how do, I do this thing? How do I win a, how do I win my first league? That's That's what I'm waiting for. You know, get that first win. I feel you. So. Yeah. I mean, like I was telling you, I, I started these RPG leagues now, it, you know, basically four years ago. And I, it pains me to admit, last year was the first year I took home a couple championships in the RPG leagues. <laughs> uh, it took me a couple of years uh, for sure. So uh, th there's definitely that learning curve I was mentioning, but um, proud champion of, I, I think I ended up, I won three rpg leagues last year and then i i split the pot in one other one where it was that that bills Bengals mm. catastrophe um where oh, we yeah. really couldn't decide a winner um you know unprecedented you just kind of have to roll with the punches there but yeah yep. yeah definitely you know that that productive struggle in a couple of leagues paid off and man after you win a couple that i i literally <laughs> made the the like full charge i won a couple and then i was like okay yeah let's start like 10 more leagues <laughs> 
And now we're up to like 25 <laughs> RPG leagues, which is, I, I'm going to have to get to a maximum eventually. I know, like I can't, it's not sustainable. I can't just like add 10 leagues a year, but uh, haven't reached the the peak yet. So we'll see uh, what it ends up being. I think 30, 30 seems like a good number. And I think that's like, yeah. that's probably where I have to call it. I, at that point, my wife might like be telling me to call it. Um, so we'll see. But <laughs> yeah, we, we shall see. I, there's also, you know, how many RPG themes can I really make? I, I've already had to like double up on some of the league settings. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see if I can continue continue to keep being creative with with all the different rules and scoring settings and whatnot. I'm in I'm in like. I just counted my sleeper leagues. I'm in 35. And I think if you count a couple, I have like two Yahoo leagues that I'm in mm-hmm. um, and like one ESPN league. And I got to say, like, uh, obviously not a sponsor, but uh, sleeper is the way to go. Can't, not a sponsor uh, yet. Touche. Touche. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's not even close. Um, y- Yahoo is in my opinion it's close uh second but yeah. they still have like for dynasty like little to no functionality um mm-hmm. year to year and then i just really love like the one thing i like about yahoo is their like week to week lineup setting is like the second like probably the second cleanest looking one um but then mm-hmm. espn is just absolute garbage yeah. like don't even get me started on the nfl app <laughs> ESPN also not a sponsor probably never never will be after that but I I completely agree with you uh ESPN I have one league it's this like family and friends league that I'm in um that's the only one I'll play on ESPN because they won't it's just a bunch of people that just won't switch uh to any other platform so I I have to play on there but yeah it's just it's just terrible man like the load times alone uh and it and it crashes constantly i just ugh, it's yeah it's terrible it doesn't save your changes either like you'll go yeah. in midweek and like oh i'm gonna set my lineup and then you come back and it's not there at all like i've literally had the commissioner had to change my lineup out multiple times before because i'm like i set this like three days ago and it's now back to some random bi-week lineup it makes no sense yeah I've, I've done the same thing with uh I, i've had the same thing with like waiver wire like I, I will put in a claim and then it just looks like I never put in the claim. And I'm like, I, I can't, that's, that's a hard one to prove if mm-hmm. I don't take screenshots too. So I, I just have to bite the bullet and be like, okay, that sucks. But I definitely did it on a number of occasions that just, it didn't go through. And I'm like, that's, that's garbage for a fantasy football app. Like that's the one thing you need to do that in setting lineups, which it doesn't do a great job at. Um, but remind me how many, uh, how many RPG leagues are you in? Any? I don't know if I'm in any of your RPG leagues. You're you're in the uh the Twin Blades League with us all. Yes, I am in that one for sure. I like Got it. I'm I, I so many leagues with so many different commissioners that I always kind of yeah. forget who's in what. Um but yeah, I'm in the Twin Blades one for sure. And I think I'm in a couple others as well where there's a, like there's so much crossover in most of these anyway. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. There is a the like the tight group of of degenerates that are in like every single league I think I've started. Uh, shout out to Donnie, shout out to Frank, uh, shout out to Eric who's not with us but is in basically every RPG league, uh, and shout out to Evan who just joined us. Hi, Evan. Hey, Corey. Hey, everybody. Sorry for being a little tardy. Hey. I uh, just walked back from the office maybe about ten minutes ago. So. It's all good, man. I'm telling you guys right now, Evan is like one of the hardest working people I know, just in terms of the hours he puts in daily. It it is brutal over there. Like 10 to 12 hours is like a norm for you, right? 
Yeah, it was it was a twelve and a half hour day today. Come on, man. Jeez. Ugh. Dude, the, the, the Titan Stadium plans came in. Like I had to stay a little bit extra to try and work on that. That's fair. That's a good reason, at least. You have a good reason. Um, but yeah, I you know, I've just been chatting with the guys, getting their like history on on dynasty and, and fantasy football in general and stuff. Uh you know, we we got we got Michael here who just joined the first uh RPG league that he's in, uh the Sorcerers League. Um, a pretty new uh dynasty player of of about a year so coming into the second year. And then we have uh Matthew, who is uh, the host of that dynasty podcast, um, and also uh, has a couple years on his belt of, of dynasty fantasy. Um, and yeah, I think this is hey man, I'm I'm excited. This is a great crew for for what we have in the pipeline. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, and I kind of just want to get into it, but, uh, Evan, do you, do you have anything to catch us up on anything going on with you? You're, you're going to Florida, right? Is you pumped for that? Yeah. yeah so getting ready to go down to see Eric, hang out in Florida for a little bit and kind of drive all over Florida, um, in the two weeks that I'm getting off work. Um, so had two weeks of comp time that I had to use from a bunch of overtime and, uh, told him, Hey, this is when I'm taking it. And don't bother me. Leave me alone. I'm not taking anything work related. So it'll be fantastic. Very nice. Are you, you said you're driving all over the place. Are you are you renting a car? No, I'm driving my car. You're driving your car down. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. I, I thought you were flying or something, but you're you're making a big drive. Yeah, I mean to get down to Eric, it's like a little over ten hours. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think the the longest drive I ever did was when I when I moved up to Washington from Southern California. It, it was a 19 hour drive, and I stopped for gas and food, and that is it because I just mm -hmm. I just wanted to get the drive done, and I arrived in shambles, and I don't think I'll be doing that again anytime soon. Uh, but 10 hours seems a little more manageable, you know. Sh shave off nine hours from a 19, I, I I could probably I could probably handle that. Stop at a couple. Stop at a couple Bucky's on the way, and uh, you there know, you enjoy enjoy some smoked meat. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds good, Evan. I have to ask: Are you going to get some butt sand while you're down there in Florida? <laughs> I don't know. Knowing knowing Eric, he probably already found some butt sand. Eric is one of the <laughs> biggest Brady fans that yeah. that I know. He could probably take you down there and, and show you the the exact spot, right? Yeah, he probably could. <laughs> <laughs> well there's no sand left there now everybody's got their jars on there i mean right. you're, you're probably straight on there yeah it's probably just a big pit where he did sit down uh that's so wild i can't believe i can believe it like people have bought crazier things but it's just it's wild um but okay but but sand aside uh because we we really got into that last episode but we got to move forward here because there's a a laundry list of things to go over um and i i think just right off the top i mean from from the top rope do we just want to like dive into this bears trade guys for the the panthers getting their 101 because damn that's a that was a trade huh i think unanimously i mean everyone i've talked to so far is like the bears smashed this this was like easy money for the bears i kind of gave like a, a little bit of an intro before everyone got here about my feelings about it I, i'm pretty much lockstep with that but you know i also mentioned that if the Panthers do see that 101 as their franchise QB for the next five, 10 years, like we could be looking back and going, okay, maybe the 
the Panthers didn't like outright smash the trade, but maybe they like won the trade or like got a little bit even depending on that guy. Um, but, but what do you guys think? Who, who has a, who has a strong opinion about this? I mean, the DJ Moore thing was crazy, right? On top of everything maybe, else, yeah. they get DJ Moore. I think, I think that um, it, when you throw in the DJ Moore piece, you know, it, it, I am curious to know what your guys' thoughts are on his value moving forward, because I think that for years, everyone's been um, on the DJ Moore train, myself included. Um, he's just super talented. He's still like ridiculously young. I think he's still 26 or something like that. And he's been around since like my grandmother was like in high school. Um, you know, he's, he's, he seems like he, he doesn't age, um, but, you know, he's been held back by what we said is like poor quarterback play. Um, and so then now he's finally getting an opportunity to play with like a potential, you know, future first round, you know, number one overall quarterback, franchise quarterback. And then they just send him away and he, there's his opportunity. Right. And he's going to play with um, someone who arguably lacks um, a, a ton of talent in the with when it comes to accuracy and and throwing as in Justin Fields. It's just it, it, he showed flashes, obviously, last year, but all in all, just not. I think it was what is it the worst passing offense in the NFL last year was the the mm-hmm. Bears. So I'm interested what your guys' takes are on uh, DJ Moore's value moving forward. So 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 real quick, let, let me just read off currently where it sits on Adiko's ADP ratings that he has, which he pulls from Sleeper from actual money leagues, not just you know fake drafts, not just mock drafts or anything like that. Actual money leagues. So. DJ Moore is currently in PPR formats, is currently going off at 6.06 in a 12-team Superflex League per the ADP. The wide receiver is going in front of him. Chris Godwin, George Pickens, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, Jameson Williams, Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, I mean, I just got him at uh, the the 5-6 turn in uh, RPG Rogues. Um, I took him with the, the five twelve, uh, and I, I mean, I'm pretty happy with that. When you list all those guys to me, I, I like the fields to more connection more than I like any of those other guys with their current QB situation, especially when you take DJ Moore's athleticism and his talent into consideration. I look, this might sound a little crazy, but when this trade happened, DJ Moore to me moved up into the sneaky like wide receiver one, like top 12 wide receiver in Dynasty, Mark. I think he has that potential, especially when you consider, like you were saying, Matthew, this inaccuracy problem with Fields is very real. I will acknowledge that. But when you look at Fields' propensity for throwing these intermediate targets where he can get it to DJ Moore and then DJ Moore can do what he does best and yak, I think that's where I become very interested in DJ Moore. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta think that for me, this is a lateral move for DJ Moore. Um, I think what you're gonna see here is, uh, I think you're gonna see less passing volume for him than what he's been seeing the past few years. I think you'll see, I think a little better passes. I think Justin Fields, as much as I'm a Lions fan and I don't like the Bears, I think Justin Fields is a pretty good quarterback. I think he does have that accuracy. He showed that in college, um, but the offensive line there is still a sieve. Uh, they've tried to fix that. I think they've. They've added two offensive linemen in free agency. Uh, so they're obviously trying to fix that. But Fields is a run-first player versus a uh, pass-first. So 
I, I view it as I think DJ Moore is in a better situation, but I think he'll be less volume. So I think you'll see more games where he's four receptions for 120 yards and a touchdown and more games of six receptions for 12 yards. It's just something, you know, where you, you either, he gets a lot of receptions or he gets a few receptions. He gets a lot of yards or he just doesn't catch it because fields ran for 180 yards and a touchdown and they just ran the ball. So I'm curious to see how that offense develops now. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. That's, that's an interesting take. Um, I think it's also interesting to note the bears wide receiver core is really strong now, like overnight, like you add DJ Moore and now you slide Mooney to the two role where he belongs. He was never a wide receiver one. So you slide him into the two where he belongs, where he thrived when Allen Robinson was the one. Uh, And then you have, you still have Chase Claypool, like hanging around. Um, Mm -hmm. If he can get to any sort of, you know, uh, relevancy that he was kind of showing with, with the Steelers, uh, his rookie year, that, that could also be a a great wide receiver three, like one of the better wide receiver threes in the league. Um, I I definitely agree with you with the bears O-line though. I mean, that's still, that's still an issue. Um, they're trying to fix it. We'll see if they can. Um, but I, I think it all, I mean, obviously kind of, it all sort of squarely rests on can fields take the next step and, and work on those throws a little bit, get that accuracy up a little bit to get the, the ball in the hands of these playmakers. Um, because he's got great yak guys now there. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I am, I'm a really, I'm a riser, I think on DJ more personally, um it sounds like for you michael it's more of a wash matthew you think it's kind of a downgrade well i mean i from a quarterback play like this is what worries me is they only had um like from a from a total pass attempts perspective like their leader in targets last year was cole Komet with 69 targets yeah. so like and he was their leader if you combine cole Komet and darnell mooney the top two targets on the team um, they only averaged 130 uh, pass attempts or uh, 130 targets total between the two of them. So I just worry that obviously you you know you're you're correct. They're adding Claypool uh, midseason, who only got 29 targets last year. They're adding you know DJ Moore now. They still have Mooney. They still have Komet. Where are the targets going to come from? You know, and that's kind of I guess what what would worry me, um, especially when like they've always been finding success you see you saw it at the end of last year with um fields running so it's like if they're going to be more of a run first offense like they traditionally seem to have been kind of a grounded pound type of team especially with a running quarterback what is that going to look like from a volume perspective more is a good yards after the catch person for sure um it's just a curious you know his opportunity might not be there so i'm kind of on the fence i don't really know how i feel about it yet okay yeah i think that's a fine answer um evan do you do you have an opinion here? Yes. Yeah, so if I'm going to say something, I definitely think that there can be a parallel that's drawn between Jalen Hurts going into last year and Justin Fields going into this year right now. Um, you look at them and they hire offensive coordinators that are supposedly quarterback specialists. Uh, the Bears this offseason got Luke Getze, uh, who comes over from the Packers. Uh, and he was the quarterback coach uh, for Green Bay. So he was with Rodgers um, during the latter half of his career. He was with Jordan Love, training him in the background. Uh, and Getzey kind of brings – he's going to be the play caller in Chicago. Uh, and he brings a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan uh, type of offense 
that he's going to try and install there from everything that I've heard. Uh, it's kind of a hybrid offense. So I think that's going to lead to them trying to see what they have in fields as a passer this year, which could open up for more pass attempts uh, going forward. So I think that's definitely something to watch. Um, I think they're going to try and, and see if he's actually going to be able to develop more as a passer this coming year, getting DJ Moore. Do I think DJ Moore is going to have a career year? No, I don't think he's going to have a career year. I think he actually could see some statistical regression um, from that standpoint. So take, take that with what you, what you may. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that that could be the career arc or the um, season arc that we see is the bears try and see what they really have in fields uh, to see if this is going to be a Lamar situation or if it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a more passing oriented offense. All right. Um, well, well, besides DJ Moore, I mean, he was obviously a significant part of this uh, trade that the Panthers uh, did with the bears to get that one one um, But in terms of the one one do you guys have any strong inclination as to who that is <laughs> what what the panthers see that that they are going up and and spending all of this capital uh all of this dj Moore uh to to go get i mean to me the fun one is anthony richardson right like that's the fun like oh boy if they did that for anthony richardson let's go like wheels up they're taking the big swing for the fences realistically it's probably cj stroud right yeah, I don't think that they go for Bryce Young, um, just based on what it's seeing. So I think that, you know, the the early mocks pretty much have Stroud going. Um, it, honestly, there's almost becoming a tier break um, when it comes between. It used to be like everyone, uh, I think pre-combine, was thinking that it was uh, Stroud and Young that are just like one and two um, in the same tier. But I almost feel like there's been almost a little bit of a, of a tier break lately. I've been seeing it in some early, like, um, dynasty rookie drafts that have been going on or uh, in best ball, they seem to be kind of separating a little bit. And Richardson's been the, the fast riser with the off the charts combine. Like the dude is a physical beast. Um, I don't know what they're growing down there in the waters in Florida. Um, you know, maybe uh, when you go down there, Evan, you can find out what's in the water. Um, if you come back and you're like, you know, running the the fastest four, you know, 40 <laughs> we've ever seen. Um We'll know what's going on. He's probably but, wrestling um, gators down there, man. Building that strength. It's true. I could see them taking the swing on Richardson based on them um, drafting Cam Newton before. And he kind of, he's he's taller. He's, he's actually faster than Cam was, um, I believe, if I looked at the measurables correctly. Yeah. So that could be something where they're like, let's run it back, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that I it sort of correlates to me as well that they – they send DJ Moore away and basically put the team in a position where they don't have any real wide receiver weapons of note. Um, and so are we going to put like a, a more pocket passer style of quarterback behind that line and try to throw to Terrace Marshall and, and shy Smith and, and these guys, or are we going to try to get this dual threat QB that can make a lot of damage on the ground and doesn't necessarily need like, kind of kind of needs the same amount of wide receiver talent as as Lamar Jackson kind of does and you kind of see how that all 
played out uh, in a certain sense. So I, I, I don't know. I, I still think, I mean, the, the Vegas odds are telling us a, a big picture, right? With it being very, very heavily favored as CJ Stroud being that first QB off the board. But I still like that sliver of a chance. It's fun to talk about, but also it it could happen. It could be a rich 101. This this quarterback class, this draft reminds me a lot of the 2018 draft. And you had Cleveland move up to the number one, or I don't think, I think they moved up, or maybe they had the number one pick, but they took Baker Mayfield, who was viewed as a good quarterback, but a safer quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Higher floor, lower ceiling. Kind of like Bryce Young, right? I think kind of like Bryce Young. So I could see that. CJ Stroud, I think, is in that same vein. Um, I don't see them giving up all this capital and getting Anthony Richardson. I think what they saw was, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's Will Levis. They love their prototypical size. Mm-hmm. So I could see it going Will Levis. I could see it CJ Stroud. I could see it Bryce Young. I'd be shocked if it's Anthony Richardson. Because um, as much as pundits keep wanting to say that, you know, all the GMs are looking for the next Josh Allen. Um, I think they're really looking for the next Patrick Mahomes. Mm. That's what you're looking for. And I don't think I don't think there's any of these quarterbacks that are in that that grade, but if there are, it's it's Stroud or Young for me. And I just don't see them moving and giving up what was it, two years, future years of picks and taking a quarterback that could be a complete bust day one. Yeah. But if if they had a quarterback there, let's say they had Derek Carr, I could see them taking Anthony Richardson and sitting him for behind him for two years. You give up that capital, you get you know, you get him to learn from a quarterback that's that's had years in the league, but I just don't see that with them taking Anthony Richardson without no one better. They just signed Andy Dalton, so yeah, I was going to say you don't you don't think Andy Dalton is going <laughs> to hold up on two for two years? I don't years? think the Red Rifles really. I don't think the Red Rifles going to be doing much. <laughs> Andy Dalton seems like a great mentor for Anthony Richardson. I mean, they're just so comparable. <laughs> no, but that that's it is a good point. It's definitely a good point. It would be really wild to give up that yeah. much to get a guy that you know they they could have gotten potentially at like three four potentially uh not had to move mm-hmm. up quite that hard uh there were weird reports coming out after that trade that they are like looking to trade down again which i don't i don't understand <laughs> that that would be like the ultimate like dynasty fantasy football player like move would be yeah. to trade for the 101 and then immediately put it on the block and say right. can we hear send me your best offer yeah honestly I, I do find it interesting though that like we still i mean we're having the conversation right there's still really no good indication that like of what they're gonna do we, we still just we can guess at cj stroud we can guess that it's not bryce young you said it yourself, Michael. I mean, it could be Will Levis. We we just we don't know uh, mm-hmm. until it happens, um, which is definitely a, a sharp contrast to like the the Trevor Lawrence year, where he was obviously the guy, obviously going to be one one, you know, unspoken. Everyone knew it. Um, it's not really like that this year, despite there being kind of this gap um, between the quarterback prospects. It, it, definitely is still kind of an up in the air thing. And I think that's maybe largely a Panthers thing of just they, like, what are they doing? Um, yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. I, I, it's a lot. They, they paid a lot. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's this year's uh, first and next year's first and a handful of seconds. And then DJ Moore, like it, it they, I, 
hope they have their their finger on the guy that they want to get. And this isn't just a, hey, let's get the 101. And then, oh, no, we have the 101. What do we do with it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we shall see. That's the clip. That's the classic dynasty trade of, uh, I'm just going to send this offer out. Oh my God, he accepted yeah. it. Oh, oh wait, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, you start looking at it like, wait, did I mess up? Like, did yeah. I, <laughs> is this a bad trade for me? Oh no. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So so overall though, oh yeah, Evan, do you have something? I, I was going to say, I think it's interesting to see Ben McAdoo uh, there as the offensive coordinator with Frank Wright. So I think that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to because when you look at Ben McAdoo's offense, when he was there with the Giants as the head coach, it was a heavy, not a heavy, heavy pass offense, but it was a skewed heavy pass offense. Mm. And it was a progression type offense. So it was, it was a lot of levels concepts uh, and really looking to read the defense and be able to go through your progressions, go one, go two, go three. It wasn't really a, a bailout type of type of offense that he was running there. So I'll be really interested to see this coming season how Frank Reich and Ben McAdoo kind of mesh their two offensive teams together and, and how they run it. Um, you look at the the tallies on the personnel, and it, he Ben ran a lot of 11 personnel, um, so one tight end, one running back, um, which means how many wide receivers are going to be on the field? Three. So, I mean, it, it just kind of tells you right there that they're – most likely going to be trying to put three wide receivers out there and you very much look at the team and you start thinking to yourself um are these three wide receivers going to be like the giants wide receivers this past mm-hmm. season where it's just joe schmo and his best friend off the street yeah i mean i mean terrace marshall had some hype you know uh coming into his like rookie year um he he has an interesting profile uh shy smith is even like kind of interesting like sort of drafted i definitely drafted uh um i drafted um oh my gosh you just said his name and i literally Chai, already, Chai already forgot it no um a uh, terrace marshall uh, tra- yeah terrace marshall i drafted marshall above almond rossing brown every single draft in that year absolutely disgusting anyways continue i mean i and and you, i mean at the time i don't think you were like necessarily wrong like it, terrace marshall did seem like he was the the better prospect um he he had a, a good amount of hype behind him and so you know let's say he's good let's say he's good um they have shy smith we have no idea i can't i literally can't name the third wide receiver on the team i don't know who it is does anyone know who it is LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault. Okay, he's still hanging around. All right. There you go. Nice. Uh, I mean, another guy, honestly, all three guys, I liked their their rookie prospects. Um, I liked their their measurables and stuff. And so, I mean, they never showed out. But also, you know, we've, we've touched on this a couple of times. There is definitely a, there is a, um, a sort of theme running recently in Dynasty Leagues, I think, where people kind of look at Jamar Chase and and Justin Jefferson and they go, okay, rookie wide receivers can break out and be instant wide receiver ones. And that's just that those are outliers, man. Like those are huge outliers. And so I think people need to kind of remember that for the most part, rookie wide receivers, they they take a couple of years to ramp up. Um, and so maybe we haven't seen everything that, that a Terrace Marshall and a Shai Smith uh, and a LaVisca Chenault for that matter can, can do um, if they can, you know, 
get something working there. It, it's still possible those guys could be good, but you know, probability wise, I, I think they're going to want to add someone uh, to this core. Uh, I don't know who it could be. But... They have 21 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. And then, and there's still, you know, a decent amount of mid range, you know, whether it be Mike Gusecki, um, they could add in and booster the tight end uh, position. You know, there's, there's quite a few um, of these older, wide receivers like i could see uh dj shark sitting uh fitting in there that's that's yeah that's a decent call you know i hear uh chosen robbie anderson is available again they could they could bring him back he uh he definitely did well um that one sneaky year when he was targeted 120 times so you never know yeah, thousand know? yards yeah the one the one that i would love to see there take take a bag and just takes the take some money on a one year you know like 13 14 million dollar deal would be juju Ooh, I would I would love okay. to see Juju operating kind of like Jackson Smith and Jigbo is operating there. Do yeah. I think he's the same level of athlete? I don't think he's quite that short area quickness type of athlete, but mm-hmm. I think he could run a relatively similar route tree uh, and produce relatively similarly as being that good check down, that good possession inside receiver form. Well, I like that better than the one I had in my mind. I, I thought this could be like a potential destination for like a cheap year for Adam Thielen. Or something like that, but you know, I, I thought of that too. I was like, you know, get a veteran, yeah, veteran presence in there, um, just for a year or two. I mean, any any other thoughts on on this big trade, guys? Like Panthers or Bears? Any anything else you want to discuss? I, I see that. I think Evan added a little bit more to the Bears to talk about. So if you want to dive into that, Evan, the uh, the O line addition. Yeah, uh, I think Nate Davis is a, a pretty big addition uh the Tennessee offensive line was god awful this year um but even with that being said Nate Davis was the the shining star on that offensive line um so it definitely hurts for Tennessee to lose him uh, and definitely looking forward to seeing him with Justin Fields and seeing that team just pouring resources into the offensive line absolutely love seeing that love love hearing that they're trying to do everything they can to give fields the best chance at success you know the i mean if they i feel like they have to take o-line with that panthers pick right like that feels like if they do that that is a winning move to me so my my only pushback on that would be the bears have prided themselves on defense for so many years that i think it seems to me like a prime position for Christian Gonzalez. Ooh, yeah. Um, they do need defense too. <laughs> they have a lot of holes, so uh could very well be um, doing a decent job. I mean, I, I was texting with, uh, with Eric and Evan just the other night about just, I've, I've been really impressed with, with what the bears are doing uh, with, with polls at the helm. So uh, pretty excited to see how that all develops. Um, but besides that, I mean, diving in a little more to like the, the, just the O-line, I guess, on, on other teams. Uh, we had a couple of Broncos additions that I see you also added in here, Evan. Uh, I, I like when you add the O-line stuff because I, I don't have my my finger on the pulse as much, I think, as you do. So I, I, I'd love for you to sort of clue us in on these additions for for the Broncos. Yeah, I, I love me some some big men up front in the trenches, yeah. you know, <laughs> fighting, you it, fighting it out. But yeah, um, see, seeing the Broncos and seeing the direction that they're really choosing um, – under under Peyton, I think it's it's impressive to see the conviction 
that they're just kind of going all in and they're saying, all right, we're going to try and salvage this Russ situation. We're going to try and put some talent around him. Uh, the talks of them potentially trading Judy or Sutton is a little concerning um, for me, but I also feel like Sean Payton can get a lot out of generally nobody's uh, when it comes to wide receivers. So seeing McGlinchey there um, is definitely huge for me. Um, adding adding a, a right tackle that most people said was a top two, top three tackle in this class, um, this free agent class, and seeing that. And then Zach Allen uh, reuniting um, with the defensive coordinator, uh, Todd Bowles? No. Mm. Uh, Vance Joseph. There you go. Right? Yeah, Vance Joseph. There we go. Um, yeah, so re, re, reuniting um, from the Arizona days. So getting somebody that's familiar with the system in there, um, trying to peg that defense and keep the defense a strength because realistically, that's what kept the Broncos in games last year. So if they can yeah. increase the offensive production by 15%, they got a chance. I saw some crazy stat that was like last year, if they had just um, put up, I think it was like an average of 16 points a game, they would have yep. been like 10 and six or something like that by the end of the year. Something incredible. You know, I, I am obviously the, the big uh, got the bias on my shoulders here uh, being, being a Hawks fan. Um, I, I really just, don't want Russ to succeed uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I mean, they are, like you said, Evan. They they are putting the pieces around him to to. I mean, if he still has it, he really has no excuse at this point. I mean, Sean Payton, the O line improvement. If they don't get rid of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, that's a great wide receiver duo. They're getting Javante Williams back. Um, I think they also just they signed, signed... Samaj P. Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah, like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So, huh. so shoring up the the running back group a little bit. I mean, Samaje is serviceable for sure, especially as the like running back two there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, another another good piece. He's a good pass catcher, and yeah, um, you know that Javante Williams is a good pass catcher, but he's not heralded as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're trying to work him back in from injury. It almost you're starting to see if they have P Ryan there and they have Williams, um, you could kind of start to see that defined role like Sean Payton likes to have with his two, you know, running backs. But that almost makes me wonder if P Ryan's going to be a super sneaky value um, in the draft because everyone's going to be going for Javante Williams, who's going to be your first, you know, first and second downs. But if P Ryan's going to come in and get the third down work, which is like similar to the the passing down Camara work that used that we used to see. Um, and P Ryan had like a three touchdown game, uh, last year, I think if not multiple, Let's see, I'm looking at the logs right now. Yeah. He's, he's had yeah. nice games for sure. Mm-hmm. They've been able to use him well. Um, and I definitely, I've been on a little bit of a roller coaster with Samaje because, uh, you know, I was, I was drafting him pretty late thinking, Hey, if anything happens to Mixon, if they cut him or if he gets into legal trouble, like maybe they re-signed Samaje on like a cheaper deal and he's kind of the guy there. Uh, and then I went from like, Oh no. He's going to be second fiddle on the Broncos. And then I went, oh, wait, Sean Payton, though. So maybe this is okay. Yeah, I like the one thing I, I thought was really good. Another signing, they signed Ben Powers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's been a good right guard for the for the uh, Ravens for a long time. And for him, you know, with Russ not being as mobile as he used to be, you have to have that 
that interior offensive line set, you can't have those interior rushers because he just gets it's it's immediately going down. So I think that giving him the ability to hit those crossing routes, uh, those deep routes to Sutton or those crossing routes to Judy um, and getting Tim Patrick back. Yeah. Tim Patrick is an underrated wide receiver. He's fantastic, um, especially as a wide receiver three. So I think he'd be a wide receiver two on most teams. Um, the guy's really good. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pieces coming back on that offense for them. I mean, there there seems to be moving off of Dalton Reisner um, for the Ben Powers signing. So just kind of swapping out a guard there. They got Garrett Bowles coming back at left tackle, um, which is going to be a huge, huge addition um, for them. Tim Patrick coming back, Javonta Williams coming back. So, I mean, they, they got a lot of offensive pieces that are coming back into play now. Well, he was, he was slept on at the end of that. Um, well, not slept on, I guess, but he was super hyped up beginning of the year. But Albert O, um, yeah, started off with like a ton of hype. Absolutely was uh, har- horrible. But then the end of the year, they actually you started to see him. Uh, he had a sneaky tight end ten finish in week seventeen against Kansas City. He was targeted six times, caught a touchdown. Um, and I almost wonder if uh, you know we're going to start to see the emergence of you know. Alberto slash um oh my gosh uh Greg Dulcich Dulcich Dulcich, Dulcich yeah. yep um kind of running that two tight end set I know that um you know Sean Payton really does like his tight ends as well um you know especially when he saw how he was using Taysom Hill um and just kind of like he's not afraid <laughs> to to really involve those guys I don't think Alberto is going to be the next Taysom Hill um so don't quote me on that but I think that, you know, you can definitely see him using um, in the Jerry Cook's uh, style of role that you started to see in the end there. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential. I don't want to believe in the Broncos hype, but I'm having a hard time staying away. I I mean, yeah, I think Albert O is a guy that a lot of people were very high on. He has, he's got a great athletic profile, and I think he's also a, a potential victim of kind of like more or less spoiled <laughs> dynasty managers that are expecting like, oh, you know, he's got the physical profile and he'll break out in the first year or two. And it's like, it's just not how it works for the most part. Like, like usually, like typically speaking, like a tight end is looking at like a year three, year four breakout. And that's kind of right where we're at with Alberto. So, you know, I, I definitely. So where do you guys. Yeah. So where do you guys put Russ's value in Dynasty now? Superflex. I mean, is he back up, at, you know, maybe quarterback. 15 yeah see i'm gonna has he, has he broken that mark yet, i'm gonna recuse he, myself still... i'm just not i'm not gonna say anything so you guys go for it um and tell I, me how you i have him in a league so i'm curious to see what you guys <laughs> I'll, I'll pass you guys go ahead evan, evan you seem like the analytical type give what's your perspective on us evan we're all looking to you yeah okay sounds sounds great <laughs> um, yeah so the the way i'm kind of looking at russ is he has a relatively secure contract. He isn't really going anywhere. He's tied to Sean Payton. So if you want to get off of him, I think with these signings, there is enough opium, as I like to call it. It's like opium for fantasy football players because it's hope and it gets them really high. So uh, there's enough of that, that opium flying around right now around Russ that I think you could recoup some value for him. But realistically when i'm looking at guys that are kind of going right now in in startups around him uh kirk cousins give me kirk cousins over him kenny pickett give me kenny pickett over him 
Jared Goff, give me Jared Goff over him. Daniel Jones, that's not even a question to me at this point. So, I mean, I, I kind of threw out some some quarterbacks right there um, that I think have very clear value above Russ. Um, I'd put him in the Geno Smith, Derek Carr, uh, maybe Mac Jones as a, a little bit of a stretch if he can recoup mm-hmm. some of his value. Um, but yeah, like I said, stretch. So I'd probably put him in the, in the Derek Carr, Geno Smith bucket right now. Yeah. I I'd take Derek Carr, um, above him. I probably would, I'd probably take Wilson before I take Pickett though. Um, and I know like Pickett has the, the youth on his side. Um, I just don't really think that not, he's not a big a guy. I, I, no, no, not a fan. I was I'm, surprised I'm right that he was you. drafted where he was. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be, you know, replaced in year three, and um, you know that's where I I kind of see his trajectory going. I don't really see this. I feel like Mike Tomlin is getting tired. Is what I, is kind of how I'm the vibe I get. So like, he's been so used to like winning with Big Ben to like have to undertake this whole project. Like I'm not really sure he was hundred percent ready for it, and I think Kenny Pickett was the best option. I mean, didn't really have another choice. Um, and you've seen how those other rookie quarterbacks uh, performed aside from Brock Purdy um, who saw that coming. I mean, I didn't, but um, I like Wilson as probably right at the QB 24 range right now in, in, in dynasty. I'd take him probably right there. Um, I think I, you know, Goff and Wilson, that would be kind of a toss up for me, but I'm actually trying to buy him. Um, in a lot of leagues right now, because you can pretty much get him for the value of QB 30. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, looking for those one year Jimmy G's that they can mm. take as their QB two or three. And you could probably flip that because they're going to get a little bit more stability from Jimmy G or a little bit more stability from, you know, even Geno Smith. Um, and if they're trying to make like a push and they're hanging on to Russell Wilson, that, that would be kind of when I would try to buy low with selling off some of those guys because Wilson's going to probably have a couple years more of a shelf life than those other guys. But I don't know. That's kind of where I draw the line. So, so to that to that extent, let's say you're you're in you've got a quarterback. You're in a super flex league, twelve teams, start ten. You have one quarterback. You got Joe Burrow. You got the one oh seven. Would you send the one oh seven for for Russ? That basically puts it Will Levis or Russ Wilson. I, I'm recusing myself. I forgot. I don't, I'm not saying it. I, you, you guys go for it. So that that's a hard hard no for me. And part of yeah. it is I I actually don't think Levis is going to be there. I think you'd actually have to move up from the 107 to go get Levis. Um, the fantasy community absolutely hates him, but when they see him get top 12 draft capital, he's going to be, in my opinion, a top six pick. Superflex just has so much value at the quarterback position. And the quarterback landscape gets very bleak. I know Corey and Eric and I, I've kind of talked offline at, at nauseum at this point over how bleak the quarterback position gets very quickly uh, yeah. this year. You know, you, you get past, what did we say? It was the first seven or eight. I think it, I think it was eight. It, it, it kind of changes eight. between seven and eight, but yeah. 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 And you immediately start looking at them and you're just like, well, I need a quarterback. So I guess I'm going to reach to go get, a guy that I don't think is quite value at this point in, in most startups right now. So, so would you give, so you need that quarterback. What, what is the, the highest round one draft pick you would give, 
Or would you not give a round, uh, first rounder this year to get Russ? Would you give up the 112 for Russ? I wouldn't. Because I think I think there the value is if, if Russ hits, yeah, his, let's say Russ comes back and is even mediocre, his value is higher than even the player at the 112 you're getting that could could hit. Maybe that's Zach Charbonnet or you know the, the running back four or the wide receiver three, if, wide receiver four. Yeah. If QB two floor is what you really desperately need for your team to win. I can I can get behind it, but I I'm I mean again I'm recusing myself, but I'm pretty much no. <laughs> I, I, okay, so what I was gonna say is I was trying to run through, and, and he kind of saw me kind of moving my hand trying to yeah. mouth yeah. out the, the players here. Um, I, I was trying to run through in my head the the draft order of of that first twelve, and I think once you get to the one twelve, it comes a question of one what your team looks like and two yeah. your risk tolerance. Because I think there's going to be some guys that are going to be giant boom bust type of guys at the very end of that first round. Um, I think there's guys that in a best ball format are going to be those guys that are going to have multiple startable weeks because they're just going to go off in a lineup league. I think those are the guys that terrify me because I never know when to start them. I never know when they're going to actually have that blow up game. Um, so I think if I needed a QB2 relatively desperately, and I magically had the 112 because I made a trade somehow with the person that won the league. Um, so be a kind of rough, <laughs> rough trade. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think I would actually do that as a floor QB2 uh, type of option. A guy that can give me production, a guy that I know will be around for multiple years. And I know that he is tied to Sean Payton with a bunch of offensive yeah. talent that's coming back. Like the the one twelve, you're basically like on your knees, pleading to the heavens that it's like a Jordan Addison, right? Like if somehow he drops all the way down there, or like, or you're looking at like a Jalen Hyatt or like Sean Tucker, maybe, and even that, like they're all kind of scary. I've seen like yeah. Zay Flowers floating in that range. Um, could, yeah, could be in some mm-hmm. drafts for sure. I, if I was in the position where that's my pick because I won the league or I finished in the top two and I split the pot because of the Bills Bengals situation, you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe on, a QB two at. was Tom Brady and he retired, and so you you need yeah. a QB two. Exactly. If that's the case, though, like it depends on your team makeup because I think like in a lot of situations, if I'm prepared to run it back, I'm not gonna make that move and I'm gonna probably trade that away um, to someone who would be looking to make a similar move and you know like at the end of the day like it, that pick is for 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 a first round pick it says the least value you can get out of it I, i'm i'm looking to move off of that pick um but i don't think i'm going to move off of it for russell wilson the value for me would be probably like to 203 204 range i just don't see anyone who has russell wilson giving him up for the 203 204 if someone yeah. offered mm-hmm. me you know, Russ Wilson for the, for the, for anything in the first round, I'd probably take that um, pick, but I do like his upside. So it's, I'm kind of, I'd be kind of torn on that for sure. Yeah, so I guess I'm sitting at about, I'm sitting about the 110 is where I would think, I think mm. at that point I'm taking the risk with Wilson because of the, the massive upside and seeing the last, what was it? Three games without Hackett three or four games where he was a top six quarterback basically each week. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that that, continues that we see that you know averaging 20 25 points a game for 
uh, with Peyton and you can get some things figured out with the offensive line signings and the extra tight ends and everybody coming back for another year, getting things back. I'd hope there's a lot, like you said, it's, um, what do you say is, a uh, optimism or opium, opium, opium. It's, it's yeah. like opium, it's, except opium. I'm, I'm, I'm high on the hopium for sure with, with that. But that also comes from, a. uh, I, I have him in a league, so I'm yeah, I'm drinking that in. Of come on, please, come on, please. Sure. Hey, man. I mean, you're you're talking to a Hawks fan here. I, you know, when I started my dynasty leagues, Russell Wilson was the Seahawks quarterback, so I have a lot of Russell Wilson, and I've just <laughs> I've had to ride the wave because you know there's certainly no getting off of him. Um, I think I maybe traded him a few times when he was first traded to the Broncos. There's a little bit of hype there that I was able to kind of capitalize on and that obviously worked out really well for me in the short term, like just not having him on my team uh, last year was very helpful. Um, but I also have him in a lot of other spot, spots. So, I mean, on the one side, you know, I, I, I hope that he's, uh, you know, QB 40 in the league and that the Broncos go, th- you know, three and 14 and on the other side, you know, if he ends up being able to return to form a little bit, then some of my dynasty teams are in better shape. So I'll, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Okay, that that's that's enough Broncos talk that I, I can stomach. So let let's let's move on here. Uh, and I I think again like uh, something Evan can sort of lead us off on here. Uh, because he he put into the show doc some some Eagles news. Um, I will lead it off on the Eagles signed Rashad Penny, which I I do like. I I really do. And this is coming from a guy again, a Hawks fan that it saw Rashad Penny. We drafted him in the first round. He never really did it. He just was constantly injured. The, the few games that he showed up like were awesome, but could could never put it together and 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 stay healthy. Um, so you know, I have trepidation there. But if he can stay healthy, he's still a good running back, like like a very good running back, I would say. And if if the Eagles are looking to move off of Miles Sanders, which seems pretty clear based on the signing, um, God, if if he could stay healthy, man, you're you're looking at a really nice running back piece that, that can be like a like a top end rb2 um i know there's a lot of gainwell hype so that's unfortunate for gainwell but well and and realistically i look at gainwell as a back that i would love if gainwell can come out and get 12 to 14 touches a game yeah that's my ideal role for gainwell they put him more in that like pass catching like spec where like he he does really well right Sure, sure. And running outside the tackles, you know, he has a little bit, a little bit of wiggle inside the tackles. Um, but what I think it really does is I think it signals that the Eagles probably aren't taking Bijan, much like everybody keeps trying to mock him there for whatever unforsaken reason. Um, it's probably not going to happen. You go out and, and you sign Rashad Penny, who, yes, he has had his injury issues, but you also bring back Boston Scott. So now you have your three-headed monster definitely not a monster of any sorts it's a three-headed something or other um but you you look at it and they're missing a large chunk of their day four uh, sorry day three picks uh so fourth fifth and sixth round picks um so they're they're a little light uh when it comes to to picks so you got to keep that in mind, which that would have been, in my opinion, the perfect place for them to be drafting a running back, especially with this draft class and and how deep it is um, looking at that, the running back position specifically. So I think that is something to really keep in mind. I mean, you're looking at the Eagles that have two first round picks, a second, a third and two sevens. 
you're completely devoid of fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks, which would have been the sweet spot for them to take a running back to go in a committee with these guys that they already have. I, I think you're right. I think they're now, these are the guys, basically. Um, they might, you know, take a take a flyer uh, late on an RB, especially because it's so loaded, this class. They could probably score on, you know, one of these, one of these later guys. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be Penny, Boston Scott, and obviously RB1, Jalen Hurts. Uh, for the most part on that team. Uh, but what about these other signs too? Because I know the Eagles lost some defensive players, like a, a good slew of them, but they also retained quite a few of the the big names, the big pieces. So do you, do you want to get into to that a little bit? Yeah, Brandon Graham's been a lifetime Eagle. Um, he's been a big, big locker room presence, a uh, big player for them. Obviously, he's much older than he was a couple of years ago. Um, so he's definitely a rotational defensive end at this point. He's a great team leader. He has really good locker room chemistry. He keeps the team together. He's an emotional spark plug for them. Uh, Kelsey, obviously, it's a huge win. Yeah. Huge win for him, just looking in the trenches here. Um, Huge win to bring him back. He's the highest paid center, if I remember correctly, once again, which he absolutely deserves every penny of that. Stu Amalu, offensive guard, definitely looking for him to come back. Um, I think it would be a big blow if he doesn't. Um, the Eagles have had good luck and have done really well developing offensive linemen. So it might not be the end of the world, but I would love to see him back. Uh, Gardner Johnson uh, played some safety for him, dropped down in slot corner uh, at times. He's a hybrid hybrid safety type of player, um, which the Eagles absolutely love on defense. They love having those safety guys that can come down in the box. They can cover a, a slot wide receiver. Uh, they can go up against a, a tight end. Um, yeah, they'll be a little undersized for that. But Bradbury, I think Bradbury was a huge signing, especially with Darius Slay wanting to to seek a trade mm-hmm. um, for them. So locking up Bradbury, I think will allow them more flexibility to go after defensive line, hopefully defensive line uh, with the 10th overall pick. And then potentially seeing what's left at corner when they get back to the 30th pick. So I think that would be huge to be able to backfill if they were to move off of Darius Slay, which should also be able to net them additional draft capital. So that's pretty big. I really think they're going to bring back Fletcher Cox. Um, he's been the heart and soul of that team. He's been there ever since he was drafted. Um, he, once again, just like Brandon Graham, is a defensive a defensive uh, lineman that is a rotational piece. So I don't think he's going to have as huge of an impact as he would have four or five years ago. Uh, but they lost Javon Hargrave and they lost Edwards uh, linebacker. So those are both big blows um, to the defense. Yeah. Not, not happy with the, uh, with you guys losing Hargrave as that sends him to a team that my team has to play twice a year. Uh, not looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like they're primed to uh, try to run it back. Um, try to try to get back into the big game. So that that's good to see. Are you, I think they're like plus 900 Super Bowl odds. You, uh, you laid a little action on that. I, I, te- I really want to see who they draft before I actually go and make that, make that pick. I want to see if Darius Slay actually gets traded and I yeah. want to see who they draft. Um, if Darius Slay does not get traded and they draft defensive linemen and corners and DBs, uh, like I really hope that they will then yeah, I'll probably put a couple sprinkles on it. All right. Um, cool. Well, yeah. 
just moving forward here. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. We can kind of breeze through a couple of these. Obviously, there's the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about there. I think, you know, he's kind of an aging corner, not really what he used to be. They traded like a third for him. Um, just something to mention. I don't think there's a lot of discussion to be had there, but here's the big one. I think uh, that's kind of next on the list that we could really get into. Austin Eckler requests a trade. 27 year old Austin Eckler. Um, obviously, I mean, he RB one in a lot of PPR leagues uh, last year, he, he's been on a tirade. He is a touchdown machine. I think he had 19 touchdowns, something like that. Like just absurd. Uh, so obviously a great piece, a, a great, I, a big piece for, for Justin Herbert to potentially lose um, kind of given the keys over to like Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly, unless they like pick someone up. But yeah, what, what do we think about Austin Eckler? Are there any, are there any spots that you guys have in mind that he could realistically go to that would be better than the chargers or like, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that like wherever he goes, I, I'm not really, I mean, there's few places that he could go that I'd be enthused about, you know, you know, compared to him just staying on the chargers. Yeah. I, I actually thought this was a lot due to the coaching change, the, the OC leaving and, and they have, they brought in the new OC. That's more of a, it's more of that run heavy attack, which I think Eckler realizes at this point in his career that running between the tackles maybe isn't the best thing for his age. So I think him wanting to get out might be part of that. I think he also, I would have loved to see him go to, I think you might realize that the chargers aren't going to be going to the Super Bowl anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, that too. I, I would have loved to see him go to Miami before they just signed, you know, Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson back up. But that would have been great to to have two have a dump off like that. Uh, that would have been a good one. But uh, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely not going anywhere in the AFC East because my first thought was, oh, let's put him with Denver with with uh, Javante. That'd be a great one too. But Samaje now kind of has that pass casting role mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of like the thing too. Uh, the the current climate for these free agent running backs, it it's rough. Like it is rough, man. There's a lot of good free agent running backs out there. Um, and so for him to request a trade, like I know he, he is obviously productive, um, obviously a touchdown guy. I think he, he could be viewed as very valuable, but when, when you have some other players, you could get cheaper that are out there. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough market. I, I just don't really see anyone trading for him in any sort of like, I don't, I don't see the teams giving a lot for him. Um, so I don't know if a trade like that actually happens, you know, uh, Miami obviously would be great. Even with the, with Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who I view as like, you know, kind of Jags, uh, Mostert maybe has like, you know, that top line speed, but everything else is kind of meh about him. Adding Austin Eckler would be huge, but yeah, maybe, maybe less likely now. Um, I, I kind of was like, oh, go to the Eagles. Like, ooh, that'd be fun. But then, you know, obviously that shook out with Rashad Penny. Any anywhere else that's interesting? So kind of de- deviating I, a little bit there, how oversaturated is the running back market right now? Because D- Derrick Henry is supposedly on the block. Yeah. Dalvin Cook is supposedly on the block. Joe Mixon is supposedly on the block. Yeah. Now you add Austin Eckler. I mean, that's four four guys that you think about that are all quality, high quality running backs on the, uh, the league that I do my podcast about, which is the, um, our, uh, our, my, I guess it's my primary dynasty league at this point, but the it's in our 
podcast, we basically just go week by week in, in its league specific. Um, that's kind of the way that we do it. So we just kind of talk through the matchups that we see uh, for our particular league and um, we, we'll do a side, side things off of that. But anyways, in that league, my team, I have both Eckler and Henry. So um, currently sitting here just waiting for this to, uh, to shake yep. out. Um, my quarterbacks were Derek Carr and Tom Brady and um, Deshaun Watson. So um, we're doing good over there. The guys. news is just good. beating you up. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I get wow. some stability back in that league, though, because um, uh, my wide receiver core in that league is um, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Mari Cooper. I have Aaron Jones as well. So it's pretty stacked. Um, yeah. I uh, I definitely um, definitely made some trades to make that happen. Uh, Kyle Pitts, we had to give up a lot for uh, to get rid of Kyle Pitts there. But yeah. Um, that being said, where I would hate to see Eckler go, um, I thought of three things right off the bat. That would make no sense, but it wouldn't surprise me. Jacksonville, um, because A, um, they seem to make no sense sometimes with their picks. And you're like, oh, they don't need another running back. (laughs) No, Um, my ETN shares, no. Exactly. You're like, they already have a pass catching running back. So why would you need another one? Well, why do they, you know, who knows? Who knows? So that that one I could see um, not making any sense. Um, the other one that uh, I just thought of right now um, was the Seahawks. Uh, I'm just thinking like teams that have a lot of capital and like they like to run the ball a lot. Um, and so obviously the Seahawks already have uh, Ken Walker, but what if they added Austin Eckler to take that passing down rule? We we did just lose Penny. Um, we didn't resign him, obviously. And then we have Travis Homer and DJ Dallas, who are not much of anything. Ken Walker is also like a renowned, not really a pass catching back. So I, I feel we don't have as much money, I think, that I would like us to have to make that kind of signing. Um, I was kind of thinking maybe the Bears. With what the Bears are doing, maybe losing Montgomery, who is another one on that list that... I mean, I think he's up for extension, basically, or or he's going to be a free agent. If I'm remembering correctly, they need to like extend him um, or cut free him. Agent. Yeah. So so they could lose yeah. him and then bring in Eckler as that like pass catching back to sort of safety valve for for Justin Fields. I mean, they they have the money, I think, still to maybe do it. They have too much money. They actually yeah. have. So like I don't know if you guys I was just I just found out about this this week. There the NFL has a rule as far as like a minimum for salary cap. Like you have to actually spend a minimum, but they figure the salary cap minimum over a three year period of time. So you could fall under the salary cap minimum, um, but then as long as you overspend and overindex and get back over that on a three year average, you'll be okay. Well, they've underspent under the cap the last two years, so they actually have to spend money this year, or they're like, I don't know what happens. They're penalized or something. Gotcha. Um, and they have forty-five million in cap space, so they're not gonna be just sitting around. They're gonna be using that. Man, yeah. I when you really think about it, the Bears are really in a prime position. I mean, with all of these running backs like on the block, um, or or impending free agents, like with Dave Montgomery leaving, they kind of have their choice of of 
what running back they want to add to the stable here. They could add any of these guys, potentially. Derrick Henry on the Bears. I think a good spot. I think a good spot for Eckler would be uh, Atlanta. With with Algier there to run the one two, the first second down work, and then Eckler to run. And then you have two two running backs who can kind of run off the uh the tight end. And then you have Cordero Patterson still there who I kind of like that can come off of the wing or something. I mean, you have that would give you a lot of pass catching weapons out of there. So Evan just made but, a face. What just happened? This just is Lions just signed David Montgomery. <laughs> Yeah, David oh. Montgomery. <laughs> whoa, whoa, breaking news. Poor DeAndre Swift. I mean, man. poor Jamal Williams, too. I thought he was well, going to be a guy. That must be Jamal Williams is gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Wow. Love to break news like that. Um, oh, Big J. Willie. Oh, that's terrible crazy. to see you go, man. That timing okay. could not have been any better. <laughs> Literally, we're talking about him. That is wild. <laughs> That's never happened. That has never happened. Put that in the ether. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So so, so that happens. So Eckler to the bear. Eckler to the bear. You Eckler to the bear. Am I? I mean, I, I'll take it. I mean, I, I said it right. <laughs> so so let me let me throw out another potential landing spot. The Commanders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brian Robinson is a plotter of all plotters. Mm-hmm. All right. He is a run the ball between the tackles type of guy. Antonio or, uh, Gibson just hasn't been what they want. He's in his final year there. So you let Eckler just kind of take over for Gibson. You let Eckler be the primary running back. Their quarterbacks suck. They, I'm pretty sure they only have Sam Howell under contract. I was right gonna now. say, who are you said quarterbacks so, plural? I'm pretty sure it's just Sam Howell. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. quarterback right now. All right, <laughs> well, their quarterbacks sucked last year, but their quarterback sucks now. So, what about getting a weapon and just seeing what Sam Howell can do with weapons on offense? Because if you think about that. You're going to have Dawson. You're going to have McLaurin. You would have Eckler. That'd be a lot of fun. A lot of playmakers in that offense that you could go to. That's very true. Yeah. Well, wow. I feel like we have to sort of gravitate here to the David Montgomery thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, DeAndre Swift. Rest in peace, Jamal Williams. Is this mm-hmm. is David Montgomery's backfield now? I think pretty much certainly it's a three-year deal. Um, so they, they, put, they put some money into it. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, uh, that's crazy, man. They, so they play him enough, uh, you know, playing the bears twice a year. They, they look at Dave McGovern and they go, yeah, this guy, this guy's got it. And so let's sign him. Um, what, what do we, what do we think here? Is this a, is this uptick for, for Dave Montgomery? Yeah. I, you know, I got to think that this is going to leave Swift in the same role. This is going to be Montgomery and Jamal Williams role. And to me, I don't see Jamal Williams and David Montgomery much different. Uh, you know, I think they're both pretty good backs, pretty good running between the tackles. They can push piles. Uh, I would look at this as an upgrade for Montgomery only because I think the Lions offense is going to be just as good as it was last year. Yeah. And they're going to add defense to that. So hopefully they have shorter fields. Um, but they that also is the caveat that they maybe won't be in those blowout 34 32 type games but but i could see you know this putting montgomery at that 
double digit touchdown mark again, yeah. maybe 800 yards and two and 10 touchdowns. I could see that being a very realistic uh, mark for Montgomery. And I could still see Swift if he stays healthy. You're looking at maybe another, you know, 500 yards on the ground, 600 through the air, and five touchdowns. So I think both of them are viable. I think you look at it the same way as almost what we had last year, but maybe uh, Montgomery's value goes up a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, gotta ask you as the Lions fan here, are you are you stoked on this? Yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, okay. Going right yeah. up the bat, didn't want him to spend money on a running back, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially a. Um, I like Montgomery. I liked him when he came into the league. I was sad that I saw him go to the Bears, but you know, uh, he's a good running back. But I just didn't think that's where we need to spend money. Yeah. But I, you know, that also means that we're we're going to use our draft picks not on running backs. So. True. Kind of, I guess maybe that just fills a hole where it was cheaper to do it that way, better bang for the buck doing it that way. So yeah, hey, I mean that straight up, that's that's a much better O line for Montgomery. Uh, yeah. and apparently we'll be we'll be also getting Delvin Cook next year because uh, you know we just take the NFC North running backs <laughs> um, over uh, over the line. So okay, you know, just yeah. So Look at- oh, or maybe that's a, maybe that's a Madison kind of thing. It's usually the backup. So yeah, I was gonna say maybe AJ Dillon after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's wild. I, I definitely feel like we spoke that into existence. It's a little spooky, if I'm being honest. Um, but okay, I mean, that happened. Uh, kind of regretting the trade I made where I went up from the 110 to the 1-4 using David Montgomery as the, uh, the add-on to that. Maybe a little bit regretting that, but I guess we'll see. Uh, Evan, you you like that? Is that still good for you? Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, okay, don't regret cool. that at all. Okay. Okay, cool. I 100% love that. Okay, cool. All right, I feel better. Uh, <laughs> Evan's my my validator of trades. When he tells me I did a good job, I'm like, yes. uh, okay, well, that was Austin Eckler. Uh, gotten to David Montgomery, too. Uh, let's just keep keep trucking forward here. We're <laughs> maybe halfway through the list at this point. Uh, we can go a little quicker on these, I think. Uh, Adam Thielen released. Any, any spots? I mean, we kind of talked about it already with maybe the Panthers. I, I was also hearing maybe the Chiefs could be interested in a, in adding a Thielen. Um, any other spots you guys have off the cuff that you'd like to see him go to? Patriots have a lot of money, and they like washed-up wide receivers. So I think that it hey. might make sense. Um, not a terrible spot, honestly, like with Bill O'Brien coming back. And they don't really need a field stretcher. They have Tyquan Thornton. Uh, so they don't really need that, like – you know, speed and agility. They just kind of need someone to be able to catch the ball. And I know that Jacoby Myers was like that kind of slot guy um, for them and they're losing that. So this could be a um, an opportunity for him to come in and just be a dump off target for Mac Jones. That makes a lot of sense. I like that one a lot. I could, I could see that. What, what about the Giants? They also need help. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly Des- true. Desperately need help. Just got Darren Waller to go over the middle. You have Adam Adam Thielen that can just kind of body guys up on the outside of the field, like give Daniel Jones a, a wide area to be able to throw it to a couple big bodies out there. Well, we just we just hit on two of the the Raiders points that I have later on the list, so let's just dive right into that because we you mentioned Jacoby Myers, yeah, uh, goes to the Raiders. Uh, you mentioned Darren Waller, yeah, from the Raiders to the Giants. Which my pet theory there is that they basically want Darren Waller to be what they hoped Kenny Galladay <laughs> would be that <laughs> that big body go up and get it contested catch guy um that can also obviously like just truck people and and be physical with the ball 
Uh, and the kind of centerpiece with all of that was Jimmy G uh, signing on to, to Vegas. So the couple of just like boom, boom, boom moves there uh, between Jimmy G to Vegas, Jacoby Myers to Vegas and Darren Waller to the Giants. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, Jimmy G in an upgrade over car. Do we think for the Raiders? That's a lateral. That's I, I put them in the, kind of the same tier as far as passers. They're save some money, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, kind of agree with that. Um, and then Myers being added to the Raiders. I mean, I like that personally. Um, I I think Myers is a as a good wide, a great wide receiver too. Um, to pair up with with Devonta Adams, I I like that move. Um, I I could see him definitely like sneaking into that. I think he was already kind of seen as like wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver two upside. And now I think he could be like a firm wide receiver two, uh, depending on the Raiders and what they do with their QB. Because uh, I mean, Jimmy G is Jimmy G. He's probably going to get hurt because that's what he does. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if they uh, take anyone else to put under him. I still think that they're a shot to take a QB in the draft and like put under Jimmy G. Um, so that, that could happen. Uh, but then the big one I think is Darren Waller to the Giants, right? Like, do do we want to get into Darren Waller a little bit because this is a a thirty year old tight end that you know still has that like game breaking uh, potential, still has that uh, physicality that is is desirable, and he goes to a, an ascending Giants offense with with Brian Dable, who I think is a good coach, um, rising on Darren Waller for all of us, I would expect, yes. For, him, for me, like, I really like Darren Waller, but his injury history is concerning. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to – I'm trying to remember, like, when Kenny Galladay signed with them, he was looked at as someone who was, you know, decent when he was with the Lions, but he had a ton of injury risk. I remember there was a couple years with the Lions, especially where he was – when he was with Stafford mm-hmm. that – he was being drafted um, super, super high and then just was like injured the entire year. Uh, never paid off on his draft capital. I'm sure Michael can uh, uh, get into that further being the Lions fan. But yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay was um, like, I, at one point he was kind of being hyped to be like Calvin Johnson 2.0 almost. Like the, the hype was getting to that level. Um, and I mean, oh, yeah. he, he's a pro bowler. Like he, he, he put together some great finishes with Matthew Stafford. I mean, he was a good route runner. Big guy could jump up, catch the ball, but you're right. I mean, he got hurt and he had one good year and it just happened to be his contract year. And the Lions saw enough in three years. We're like, nah, we're good. You go get that money. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, um, you know, when it comes to how Waller's going to fit in that offense, they, they need somebody who can just be a guy. Um, and, you know, we made a joke that like Joe Schmo and his, and his cousin, you know, are uh, going around and just, playing wide receiver for them. And that's the reason why I don't think they will sign Thielen because people know his name. You know, they don't, they don't vibe mm-hmm. like that. But like last time we brought in somebody that people knew that was Kenny, Kenny G that didn't work out so well. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I'm looking at the uh, situation for them with, with Waller. If, they, if he can be the guy, um, cause Saquon's going to hold it down in the backfield. Yep. And if Waller can be the guy that just spins out and is that, is that over the top target? I mean, I think that it could definitely be beneficial, but Daniel Jones doesn't pass a lot of touchdowns. Um, and if that's the case, then his opportunity isn't going to be super high. I don't really view it as a downgrade, but I don't really view it as an upgrade either because I think he didn't have a lot of opportunity when he was with um, with the uh, the Raiders either. 
Yeah. I, do you think they're maybe trying to break the curse of we, they can't get a good wide receiver? So they're like, okay, let's just get a good tight end. And that's something, I guess. Oh, they kind of just flip-flopping with what the Raiders are doing. Cause I mean, uh, yeah, the Raiders are out here and they just have like four wide receivers and no tight ends now at this point. So um, True. it's a different strategy, I guess. So the, the biggest difference that I'm seeing between Kenny Galladay and Darren Waller, and I think it's very big to remember, is Darren Waller's contract's only guaranteed for this coming season. So right. if he is awful and has a really bad injury, they can cut bait and all they lost out on was a third round pick. Like, sure. That's capital. That's a decent pick. I mean, it's a day two pick, so it's nothing to just kind of snub your nose at. But they could get out free and clear after this coming season. So if he really is a nothing and turns into uh, <laughs> Janu uh, when he signed with the Patriots. Uh, the uh, tight end one from uh, the Falcons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Stop that it. tight end that people were pan- the, the tight end that people were panicking, being Stop like, "Oh right no, now. he's going to take targets away from Pitts." Like Pitts isn't that good. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, that's hogwash. Tight end one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, tight end yeah, one. Ab- absolute hogwash. But yeah, I, I think it's it's great to uh, to see Darren Waller there. I think it's great for Daniel Jones to have that security yeah. blanket. Um, yeah. You also you also look at Darren Waller and coming out of the t- uh, as a wide receiver instead of a tight end um, saved a lot of blocks on his body, a lot of time in the trenches, um, coming into the league and getting acquainted in the league, having that slow start. I mean, he didn't really start being a true tight end that people were caring about until twenty what was it twenty eighteen twenty nineteen yeah twenty nineteen yeah twenty nineteen. Um, for Darren Waller. So he hasn't had a ton of years at tight end. So his body isn't brutalized as much as most people would think out of a 30 year old tight end. So I think that's pretty huge to, to remember as well. I think we can all pretty much say uh, rest in peace. Sayonara, Daniel Bellinger. We, we hardly knew ye. We, we hoped you could be anything, but alas, I got to say, I, I think I have a contrarian opinion on, on Waller here. I think it's actually a big boost for him uh, only because of the, the fact that he is the best target on that offense right now. Mm. Like he is the biggest, best hands uh, red zone threat target on that offense right now. Now, granted, I'm guessing they'll probably sign somebody else or they'll probably, you know, draft a wide receiver or something. But right now he is the number one target on that team. And I could see his target volume as long as he stays healthy. That's the health is like the big thing. But if he can stay healthy, I could see a hundred targets for for him this year. Yeah, and you know uh, easily. So I, I think that him being there is uh, this was much better because you see them bringing in Jacoby Myers in Vegas, Devontae Adams. He was third probably on that depth chart as far as targets go, at least second, no matter what. So I think there's a big big up for him. I mean, I, this is a, uh, I drafted him in our league in the Sorcerer's League and I am ecstatic that he moved because that is, and you're right, they gave up a third round pick, but that is a top 100 pick. That is a lot of capital to give up if you're not going to re-sign him. So I'd actually think they rework his his contract and he gets a you know, four years uh, where basically he's, he's guaranteed for two years instead because they want to lower the cap hit this year. 
off of that. So talking about the targets before he got injured last year, he was basically getting like over a hundred targets every year. Um, the year before mm-hmm. he got injured, it was like 93, but the two years before that, it was like 150 and 120. So he's certainly capable yeah. of, of taking that role. I, I definitely, I agree with you. I think it's like a cyclical thing. I see this as uptick for Daniel Jones, uptick for Darren Waller. I think uptick for Saquon Barkley. This means that they have another big weapon that the defense has to be worried about. They can't just stack the box every time and, and stop Barkley. Uh, gives them that that more reliable receiving threat that I, I do think that they they really needed. Um, and so, yeah, they'll probably take another wide receiver, draft one or, or sign one. Um, but yeah, I, I think as a whole for the Giants, this is a, a pretty big boost uh, for them for fantasy. I, I, I think I'm locked up with you, Michael. Um, but okay, so yeah, that that was another big one. We got some some other smaller ones to get through. Uh, the Tua fifth-year option was exercised. Just want to put that out there. Um, this sort of quiets any sort of rumor, cough, cough, Eric, if you're listening, uh, that Tom Brady would be signing to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't think that is going to be the case, especially because they also picked up Mike White uh, to supposedly be that backup to Tua, which I think is a, a really good signing. Uh, we've seen Mike White be able to go out there and and win games and and make those passes. And now he gets to play the Jets twice a year. So maybe some re- revenge game narrative uh, going for Mike White if he ever needs to, to make a start. Um, so that's good. Uh, sticking with that division, um, good thing to mention, the Buccaneers, who were very, very much cap-strapped. Uh, cap-strapped. I can't. Cap-strapped. That's a hard thing to say. Cap-strapped. Uh, they freed up $44 million. So that's that's a good chunk of change that they uh, they made available for themselves by restructuring some contracts. So could be some sort of indication of, of a signing or a couple of signings that they, they might make. Um, there's a big rumbling about Baker Mayfield possibly being uh, the Bucks QB that they were looking at. Um, that obviously hasn't materialized. So so not sure. I'm willing Jacoby Brissett. Willing Jacoby Brissett. I've, I've read down. that as well. Yeah, I've read that as well. That that would be yeah. pretty good, too. The I think he's perfectly capable of getting into those weapons uh, in, in Chris Godwin. He, he deserves Evans. he deserves another shot as a starter. He played well. He deserves another shot. I can dig it. Oh, my gosh. This just in. Jacoby Brissett. No, I'm just kidding. <gasps> yeah. oh, <laughs> you got me. Now, I, I would feel so powerful. You know, I'd feel like we have, like, the power to change anything just by talking about it. Uh, but, no, that's okay. Um, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, that, that's something to keep keep an eye on is there anything else that they like it feels like a rebuild year for them or like the start of like the rebuild saga for them so the 44 million i mean i don't know what they could really go out there and get is there anything else that you guys are like keeping your eye on well so the the one thing that i want to point out is that and i kind of put it in the show sheet a little bit further down is over the cap they they updated the the current salary cap space um and well the bucks only have three million even after mm. clearing 44 million. Oh, wow. So okay. Okay. They really don't have much cap space to be able to work with. Yeah. That, that, that's a good point. Uh, man, they're really <laughs> over <laughs> 44 mil didn't make the cut. Okay. Did they officially cut Leonard Fournette yet? Cause I know they said they were going to, or is that tomorrow? That I think that would be tomorrow. Yeah. Just, yeah. The start of the new year. It's the same thing with Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll we'll trucking along here. We'll still stay in the same division because we we got another QB uh, or just signing in general, Taylor Heineke, going to the Falcons. Uh, anyone excited about Taylor Heineke going to the Falcons? <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. 
Like, I, I don't know if I'm excited about it, but it, it's interesting. Derek, uh, uh, Ritter, um, you know, Desmond Ritter, I, I didn't show quite enough to me to be the automatic, like, surefire starter for the year. Taylor Heineke has gone out there and, and won games, has beaten a number of high profile quarterbacks, has beaten Aaron Rodgers, has beaten Tom Brady. Um, so we could, I mean, I don't know. I think it's possible we could be looking at, you know, Ritter plays a couple games, doesn't do great, and they bring in Heineke, and he's a kind of a sneaky super flex QB to to potentially add. The thing that's kind of stood out to me is like you already know what what Heineke has to bring, though. So like I could see a situation where he's just there to like it's the same with I think like Winston you know, backing up Carr. If mm-hmm. Derek Carr stinks, they're not going to put Winston in. They're just there as a backup um, to, to because you already know what they have to offer. I, as a, at least that's how my take on this. Because with Ritter, like they're going to get they they didn't invest what a third round pick into him. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't super high. Um, yeah. And so what they're going they're going to try to see what they got out of him. If there's any potential at all, um, you know, try to run that into the ground. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't perform well, then they have a great pick for next year's QB class. So like, that's kind of like where I would, if I was taking the franchise, they either, you know, succeed with Ritter and they have an asset that they can build around or he, you know, tanks them for another year and they get a better quarterback next year. Um, I don't think Heineke is the bridge quarterback to get them anywhere, but that could be totally wrong on that. That that makes sense to me. Although I think the, the, the thing that I view as being different between like Carr and, and Jameis specifically and, and Ritter and, and Heineke is like, Heineke to me is like a better Ritter. Like he he's what he's like kind of a scrambly move around in the pocket, like, like pseudo mobile QB um, that isn't very accurate and not like incredibly clutch or anything, uh, but basically has all the traits that, that Ritter that they want Ritter to have, but has just proved that he can do it better and more effectively. Meanwhile, Carr and Jameis, I think it's like the opposite. I think Carr is like kind of clearly the better Jameis uh or maybe not even like super similar but you know more <laughs> decorated I would say um but yeah I I do feel you it's it's interesting right because the Falcons were also like this Lamar Jackson honeypot landing spot but I think that's out by the wayside at this point I I have no idea what the Falcons are doing I honestly think they are like a completely embarrassing franchise <laughs> I think they are really <laughs> really embarrassing I I'm sorry if you're a Falcons fan they're they're in a tough spot. They've made some moves and and especially their draft uh, where they could have gotten some, some really good players. And they've just completely whiffed on. It's just, it's rough waters out there in Atlanta. Well, and they were in the rumors for Derrick Henry too, I think. <laughs> what I wanted to bring up earlier is Heineke said previously that if he signs anywhere, he doesn't want to be a mentor. He's coming to win the job. So he's been on record saying saying that previously. The Ryan Tannehill me mentality. It, yeah, it's just it's going to be a legitimate QB battle. Whoever plays better in in camp and in the preseason is going to win the job. And he's there to push Ritter to try and make Ritter actually want to be better and not get complacent. So mm-hmm. I, I also love how how Matthew brought up next year's QB class because um, yeah, there 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 could be some quarterbacks that you know could be very valuable and could be guys that that could ascend i mean we're talking quinn ewers didn't look as quinn ewers as you expected 
Uh, you got J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, big known school, very middling talent. Mm-hmm. You got Bo Nix, the the super senior up there in Oregon. I mean, he had a hell of a year in, in Oregon. You got Cam Ward, who has all the physical tools and traits, uh, but he plays for Wazoo. Um, so Washington Ooh. State. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that would get a response. Go Corey, there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he has that working against him. Um, you have Michael Penix next year. You have DJU. You have, you know some some Drake other guys May. as well. And then you have the top. Yeah, you have the tip the top guys in Drake May and <laughs> Caleb Williams, which are kind of the lock top two quarterbacks. But there's decent amount of depth. So if Definitely. they want to re-roll next year and they just want to trot one of those two guys out this year and see what they have i think it'd be really frustrating um for any falcons fans out there and it'd be really frustrating for any drake london or kyle pitts owner um, yep because they're gonna John suck smith. this year if that's the case and johnny smith yeah don't forget <laughs> johnny smith <laughs> damn it all my johnny smith shares no no the, the drake london uh, a- and Pits definitely hurts because I have a lot of that, but I have been loving this these these quarterback signings. I think these have been great. I I haven't remembered in a, this many like backup quarterbacks that could start on teams in a long time. Like you have Heineke, of course, uh, Case Keenum going to Houston. Mm-hmm. Who whoever they draft, maybe he starts the first six games of the season. Yeah. You have a. Uh, Mike White, who, you know, Tua comes back, he gets another head injury. He's starting. Yep. You get Sam Darnold. You've got, you know, you know, who knows who Trey Lance is. So, you know, Sam Darnold there that could start in San Francisco, which could be a really good situation for him. I mean, you look at, is Jimmy Garoppolo that much better than Sam Darnold? I, I wouldn't think so. So, I mean, one was a top seven pick and one was a, a second rounder. And granted, that doesn't mean everything, but it's a something. So, I'm I'm excited as far as like I I drafted in one of our leagues I I uh, stacked my top two Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow Oof. quarterbacks and then I drafted a smattering of junk in quarterbacks I Ryan Tannehill Case Keenum Taylor Heineke Jacoby Brissett uh, Mitch Trubisky just just to see who would fall in these places where you could you know you could get six starts or eight starts I could flip them for a second or flip them for a first or later in the end all of them are starting to hit. And I'm like, yeah, celebration. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's get eight backup quarterbacks playing at starters. <laughs> yeah. I have a league I'm drafting right now where I took Jimmy G as my QB two, And I'm like, this sucks. And this was before the news. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the news dropped and I'm like, yes. I also had Devonte uh, Devonte Adams. So I'm like, Oh, I got the stack. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, lots of moves for sure. Um, that kind of covered the rest of the, the QB just with that. I mean, the Sam Darnold to San Francisco, that's it's that's interesting. I, I think the I mean, they basically said, Hey, we don't know if Lance and Purdy are gonna be able to be like starting 17 games and take us to the playoffs. So let's get a third guy as a just in case backup. Um, and I think that's a great just in case backup. Uh, in Sam Darnold. I think he's perfectly capable with that system. Other than that, yeah, I think we got kind of all the the big QB news. Um, only other things to really talk about is, I mean, do we care about Michael Thomas resigning with the saints? Do we think Michael Thomas could come back at 30 years old? And I mean, he was, a he was the wide receiver one. 
in in fantasy not too many years ago what do we think Carr gets to the team he finally gets healthy 30 year old season make it or break it kind of deal do we think there's any any value for michael thomas now i'm gonna stay on brand and i'm gonna say yes um he showed actually pretty good promise in the two games that he played before he got hurt last year um and uh you know for what he's worth you can get him dirt cheap yeah um I, I have him in quite a few leagues where I traded for him last season and I'm just going to hold on to him because if, even if like, if he, if he starts, he's probably top 24 uh, wide receiver. Um, You know, he's the, he's going to be the two to Alave, but I think like with Derek Carr in there, Derek Carr can, has shown he can support two wide receivers. So I'm, you know, I'm in if he's starting. Um, And I think like for the price you pay, even if you only get him for a couple of games, it's probably worth it. Yeah. I mean, all he's got to do is, is be healthy, right? We've seen what he can do. Um, we, we know what he is, he, even if he's getting a little up there in age, he's also kind of had like the last three years off. <laughs> so, you know, uh, in terms of longevity, maybe he has a little more uh, in the tank. I think that's entirely possible. And what is that price for, for Thomas? What is the price you'd pay for to get Michael Thomas on your team? Is that a second, like a late second? Oh, Late second, I'd probably try to get someone to uh to sell him for like a high third and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Probably can't get him at a high third. Probably does need to be more like a late second. I could probably throw that if I really need a wide receiver. Yeah, I could probably throw the like the two ten to eleven to twelve and and see if that catches uh catches the odor. Um, that's probably where I would be. Yeah, I think I think that's probably where. Um, I, I wouldn't probably trade for him straight up, but I'm going to use him as throw in. So like if I've been trying to like trade down from the 101 or 102, um, I've been using him as a throw in um, like, cause a lot of times people will try to like tag on like a third round pick or something like that. If they're um, in there and like, he's a really easy piece to try to include on those type of trades. Okay. Yeah. I feel it. Um, well, right. I mean, my, my brain is already starting to, uh, to fry a bit with, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, but just kind of run it back. Uh, we, we really got into the quarterbacks a lot, uh, because I think those are obviously like the big, the big news, the big important stuff. QB's the, the most important position here. So, uh, obviously a big deal, but just to sum up sort of the, like the starting QB contracts, uh, that I see, I think Evan politely put here and broke down for us, um, the big ones being Daniel Jones, four years, 160 mil. Uh, Danny Dimes, man, getting a big old bag of dimes on that one. Uh, Derek Carr, four years, 150. So, you know, slightly less. I don't know if that's, I don't know if you can really say that Derek Carr deserved less than Daniel Jones, but maybe uh, given the age that that sort of makes sense. Um, but then Geno Smith. The three-year, 105 mil with this incentive-laden, team-friendly deal. I love that as a Hawks fan. Happy to have him back on on a team-friendly deal. I um, think he certainly deserves another couple of another couple of shots coming into uh, the season, having no expectations, taking us to the uh, to the playoffs. That was that was awesome. And then cheapest of the cheap with these like big uh, three, four-year deals. Jimmy G, 67 and a half mil. I mean. You talk about the Raiders uh, not really getting an upgrade over Carr, but they they sure as hell saved some money. Um, so that's that's huge. 
And and kind of to sum all of that up, we have all these big deals, right? All these QBs get their contracts. Still no word on probably the two biggest, uh, most talented QBs still kind of waiting to hear the news on Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Uh, we got some rumblings. We, we've got some some <laughs> tremors out there of uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Nothing confirmed yet. Very annoying <laughs> that it has not been confirmed yet, but sort of goes on par with the, the whole Aaron Rodgers saga, what he's done these last couple of years. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it when it finally happens. Uh, but for right now, I think we're just, we got to kind of be in a holding pattern, uh, talking about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. It'll be huge if it happens, but it has not happened yet. But to kind of tie into that, Alan Lazard <laughs> just got a four-year contract with the Jets who was on Rogers wish list of players that he wanted the just to sign apparently, which I think, you know, we could get into that more, but I don't know what it would really turn into talking about Aaron Rogers wish list of players that he is. I mean, is this not like tampering and like the illegal, like, is this like, is this okay? Can he do this? It's so, it's over this weird gray area, right? I mean, I guess he's not on the jets yet, so he can just like, text players and be like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we were both on the jets and let's just like send a troll face emoji or something. Um, but that seems kind of weird. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson, obviously the, the non-franchise tag, but do, Oh yeah. Do you guys have anything about Aaron Rodgers that you want to get into? Well, do you think that Aaron Rodgers is sick? Like, do you think he's dying? Because it sounds like they're going to make the wish foundation over here, trying to make his last <laughs> uh, dreams come true, getting them a uh, star running back, star wide receivers, you know, whatever they got to make <laughs> Uh, i certainly think it could be like uh yeah maybe not maybe not dying but maybe he's like yeah you know i could go and live on uh on a hippie commune for the next 10 years and drink ayahuasca and take mushrooms every day and not play football anymore and i'd be pretty content so if you guys don't get me these guys whatever but give me these guys and i'll come back i think it's partly he won't be able to make friends he knows that so he's like you gotta bring my friends with me (laughs) i have to have somebody who likes me in new york Otherwise, this isn't going to work out. So yeah, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett isn't enough, right? He needs some player friends too. Yeah. He he said that uh, he said that when he was in you know the the darkness retreat that all he could see was Lazard's face shining. <laughs> Stopped in the darkness. <laughs> he, he got out of the darkness retreat. And the first thing he saw was a little lizard scamper across, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, I need Alan Lazard." That's what this it's is. A sign. Yeah, it's a yeah. sign uh okay well like i said you know a lot more to talk about there when it actually happens but i think the alan lazard thing i mean that that that's that's a pretty big signal um both for aaron Rodgers and also probably to like i mean we look at the jets they have a pretty good contingent of wide receivers right they they have uh uh obviously garrett wilson is is their big number one but they also have elijah moore who who's a very capable wide receiver they i think they still have Corey davis um they still have denzel mims for some reason i don't know if he'll ever be anything probably not just statistically speaking probably not but he was also pretty you know highly touted at one point or another um so they have like a pretty good core there but with with al lazard coming in and maybe also randall cobb apparently and jordy nelson and <laughs> whoever else aaron Rodgers convinces to to come join him um obj yeah obj uh uh you know whoever else I, I Mercedes Lewis was a name that was a, a potential there. So a lot of wide receiver moves being had there. What do you guys think? I mean, 
the note here is like, what does this do to Elijah Moore? But do you guys think this is the Elijah Moore send off or is this maybe another wide receiver? Are they losing Corey Davis? There's no way they lose Garrett Wilson, right? He's, he's a lock. Um, so it has to be one of these other guys that are, that are making their way out potentially with these, with these acquisitions. Like, do we have any sort of pulse on, on Elijah Moore specifically? If they cut Elijah Moore and get absolutely nothing for him, that would just be a, I don't like. I don't even know how I feel about that at that point because he wanted to leave and they refused to trade him. Yeah. So that would be the ultimate like middle finger to Elijah Moore. It's like we literally did this. We screwed ourselves over just to get at you, man, because we hate you so much. Like yeah. that's that's the vibe I got from their front we office. We just so wasted I don't know a year of your time, like a year of your yeah. time, just in the toilet. Yeah, I I don't see them moving off of him just because of that. Um, but I do think they would give Denzel Mims an opportunity before they give him an opportunity. I mean, I yeah, I it it's crazy to think about it considering what they've both shown. But I I think where you have like maybe a winning point there is the fact that Elijah Moore has been very uh, vocal about his discontent uh, and wanting to leave and wanting to be traded and all this drama sort of stacking up could maybe end up seeing him be the one to go uh, potentially. I, I still think that he's a better wide receiver than Mims um, just from what we've seen. But in terms of like the team and what they believe and, and what they think is a better fit for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very mysterious nebulous situation. So very interesting to see what all, well, what all unfolds there. I still think my pet theory, I mean, guys, would it be just like really, really freaking funny if Aaron Rodgers retires? <laughs> like at this point, right now, he retires. I think <laughs> that would like, be pretty right, epic. All right, Alan, I got you your contract. You're on the Jets now. All right, I'm all done. See you guys. I'm gonna go host Jeopardy. Listen, I would not put it past him, but I would definitely buy an Aaron Rodgers jersey if uh if that was how it took transpired. <laughs> just because they just because he screwed the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, I feel as a it. Patriots fan at heart, you know, I, yeah. I I feel that. Yeah. I mean, so as a Patriots fan, you're also like, fingers crossed, like Aaron Rodgers is not going to the Jets, right? <laughs> I would say, like, um, lately becoming a fantasy football fan, I care more about um, fantasy players than I care about the actual teams themselves. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Screw the Jets. Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson is their only QB right now, so <laughs> that would be pretty they deserve, funny. Yeah, they they deserve Zach Wilson. So, <laughs> all right. Isn't Rogers supposed to be on the McAfee show tomorrow? Yes, I was gonna. And, yeah, and by tomorrow, and by that. tomorrow, I mean Wednesday, March fifteenth. Since I yes. know this won't come out mm. by Wednesday, March fifteenth. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, Rogers <laughs> is supposed to be on the McAfee show, and I think it's gonna be hilarious if McAfee just. And and when Rodgers just troll everybody and just say absolutely nothing, I'm I'm hundred percent. I I don't think they'll say anything. I think it'll be a lot of like Pat going, okay, so like what's going on, and a lot of Aaron Rodgers going, ah, well, you know, you just gotta wait a little longer. Like, oh, all good things come in time. Like, you just gotta, yeah, oh, you know, just stay tuned. That's what he's been saying this whole time. Oh, just stay tuned. It's happening soon. It's like whatever man like you're not saying anything until until it happens and then even then you might not say anything or you might say a thing that'll happen that won't happen i don't know i don't know with him he won't so say I, anything oh go ahead 
I was going to say, I have a crazy theory that Rodgers is specifically going to wait until after the draft and just hold Green Bay hostage. That way, the Jets can use all their draft picks this year for players for him. And then after the draft, he's going to be like, hey, now actually trade me to the Jets. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could see that. I also see him waiting until his name dies down on the news. Because as soon as his name starts falling out of, of favor, you know, he, he loses a little bit of the uh, public spotlight, then he'll have to mm-hmm. jam it back up with, ah, I'm making the move to the Jets and let's talk about me for another, you know, two weeks. <laughs> Talking about the spotlight though, man, I, 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 it is all kind of in his corner at this, at this point, like he just basically has to like give the okay, right? Like the, the Jets mm-hmm. and the Packers have pretty much worked it out. Go, go to New York, man. Like if you want the spotlight, Go to New York and be on the jet. You're not going to get a better platform, a better stage to have this resurgence and and your name being in the news forevermore if you just go to the Jets and and do it. So, I mean, yeah. I love the draft. I love the draft idea, though. That I mean, is that's exactly. That is so evil. right. That's Aaron That's Rogers. exactly something he would do. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, you could paint it as like he's being smart, right? And like he he's trying to like leverage and and make sure that the Jets are in the best position to win. But it's also just this. Okay, any other Rogers talk that we want to do <laughs> without having actual news? Because <laughs> uh, the the other big one is Lamar Jackson, right? Um, and again, no news, so not a lot that we can talk about. But uh, spots being eliminated rapidly for where Lamar Jackson can go. Uh, I think writing on the wall, he's not going to Atlanta now uh, with what they've done. Um, you know, in my mind, the only potentially open spots now are like the commanders or maybe the Colts. Like those are kind of the two that I could see maybe still happening. And I don't think there's anywhere else where I'm like, Oh yeah, that could happen. Um, so be- between the commanders and the Colts, do we lean one way or another? Um, do we think either are possible? I honestly think that he's going to just, He's got to be a Raven at the end of the day. And and whatever team tries to acquire him, the Ravens are going to match um, the, the you know, non-exclusive franchise tag. They're just going to match the offer. And whether or not he wants to be a Raven, I think he will be a Raven. Um, but between the commanders and the the Colts, do, do we like either of those spots? Or is there another spot you guys have in mind he could go? There was a point when the Patriots were Vegas favorites for landing Lamar. Mm-hmm. This was like right when the news first came out. Yep. Um, which I think like that's a super wild card spot in there because I don't see how the moves they've made would set them up for for that move at all. Uh, but they have a lot of money to spend, right? It's not so typically that's... a team that like pays high up on like a, a QB like that too. Yeah, but the last time that they had a good QB, they made them last for you know twenty years practically. So it's one of those things where they could be saying, "Hey, we need to reassess the situation." Um, and, and plan for the future, but again, I, I think that's probably a wild shot, a wild shot in the dark at this point. I don't see that coming. I don't think the Colts really like. I know that's that's been discussed, but I don't I don't know if I can see them pulling the trigger on that because mm-hmm. um, the talks between like them and Levis or them and um, Stroud seem pretty like intense. Like they, I, I've heard a lot about the Colts and Levis. That's like where I've seen him mock the most. Mm-hmm. Or Richardson, um, so I mean I don't know. I think that they probably lean lean a rookie quarterback. Over yeah, I, I've seen a lot of correlation between because uh, the Eagles OC went to the Colts uh, as their new 
head coach. And so bringing in a guy like Jalen Hurts in Lamar Jackson sort of makes sense for maybe what kind of scheme he'd want to run. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, again, at the end of the day, I'm in the camp of, I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a Raven and, and hate it or like it. I think that's what we're, we're looking at. Um, do you guys disagree with that? Do we all kind of think that probably the Ravens is most likely? My, my quick take is he sits out. I think he doesn't sign the franchise tag. I think he sits out for a year and, and then we're back at this again uh next year so that's where i think it ends up so i i go back to the team that i mentioned for austin eckler and say the washington commanders because you look at that division and the commanders are very clearly in last in that division in my opinion and the other three teams have quarterbacks the commanders got they have nothing if they they want to actually try and compete in that division they need a star quarterback. And yeah. what better star to bring into DC with giving up the 16th pick and a first next year for Lamar? So I think that's the big key is the fact that the commanders are a middle first round pick. They're not a top third first round pick. They're not a top 10 pick. And I think that plays hugely in, in the value of them being able to potentially go get him. And the Do they have ready. the money to pay him? Uh, look, if they get the chance to be able to do it, they'll they'll find the money somewhere. They'll cut somebody. They'll move off of somebody. Um, let's see. They got 18.9 mil in cap space right now. So you restructure, you restructure a Curtis Samuel deal or you cut Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I mean, you cut Curtis Samuel and you save five five point eight million. So, I could see, and I could see the Commanders, and I heard this on another podcast, and it, it made me think exactly this. But Commanders, because if the league is really trying to get Dan Snyder out, and they're really trying to kick him out, and his big finger is, I'm going to sign Lamar Jackson to a fully guaranteed contract, and then I'm going to bounce. So see ya. So have fun with that. <laughs> NFL, because I just signed him to a very guaranteed contract, set the market up. This is what you're going to have to do from now on, and I'm going to leave. Like, I could see him doing that as well. So I could see the commanders in a couple different ways being being a landing spot. And that's the only one I think at this point that would be a landing spot outside of Lamar Jackson being a Raven. And I think if he's a Raven, he's not playing. I think if he doesn't go to another team, I think he's not playing because he's kind of said that basically that he's not getting he's if he's not getting a long term contract, he's not playing. So I think that's that's where we end up. Last piece of breaking news. Oh, oh! Former Seahawks running back Travis Homer <laughs> signing a two-year deal with the Chicago Bears. Oh, RB one. Just saying. The Bears first. running back situation's fixed. It's fixed. It's Herbert Homer. Oh man! There's my prediction. Echo to the yep. Seahawks.
Dang, I like Travis Homer. All right. <laughs> all right. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Go out and draft Travis Homer. RB1. Yep, RB1. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you have a podcast. Can you tell us just where to find that and and what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you want to go ahead and take a look at, uh, take a listen to That Dynasty Podcast, we are on Twitter, at That Dynasty Pod. We have uh, TikTok as well. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and full episodes on YouTube. Uh, We record weekly throughout the season, um, occasionally during the off season, but it's the basically a season in the life of real dynasty fantasy football managers in a real money league. Um, we take you guys through what that like thought process looks like. We break down every trade. We talk about waiver moves. We talk about team names, how ridiculous they are. And we uh, basically just uh, take you guys with that, you know, through what that looks like. So if you're interested in that type of content, go ahead and take a look, take a listen. I'm uh, going to be a little bit more of a revolving cast this year as we get more members of the league involved and uh, kind of create a community space there. But uh, yeah, thanks for giving the uh, opportunity for the platform today, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Um, and what what is your, you have a co-host, right? What's his name? Yes, my co-host, uh, Isaiah. And um, he wasn't able to make it on today. He's He actually lives in Vegas. And uh, he said that, um, funny story, um, someone at his workplace literally rage walked out when they found out that Jimmy G um, was signing with them. So <laughs> he said that... <laughs> they're taking it well over there (laughs) all right yeah that's brutal uh okay cool well yeah man if you if you or uh isaiah want want to come on anytime man you're you're always welcome i'd love to do like maybe a like an rpg versus that dynasty pod like mock draft or something like that we could get that in the works yeah um but yeah that'd be dope let's make it happen good stuff let's do it good stuff guys well well thank you again for for joining for joining us and uh yeah i'll usually you know cut this up and get it out by friday And I'll I'll ping y'all when it's out.